1: Burrow.com slash ACAST
2: So welcome everybody and hello and we are going to be playing some D&D today. Uh, You may notice that it's not Rossi running. Well, this is the last one shot that we have scheduled uh, and I will be your host and DM and master of ceremonies for one last time this month. Uh, So I would like to thank everybody for joining along in today's Weird West themed adventure. So we're going to start with a little bit of a description of where everybody is starting out, and then we're going to introduce everybody, and then we can get into the meat of things. Welcome to the town of Last Hope. It sits as the last piece of humanity before the long stretch of desert that leads to the western coast of what is ostensibly the United States. Starting as a boomtown, it was settled, uh, and it grew as more and more people decided that it was more worth than passing, and decided to actually make a life here. Eventually, deposits of silver were found in the surrounding hills and mountains, and a civilization grew a a city. The town is divided into very distinct districts. Uh, The rich folks, uh, they, bankers, and, and the like, all live in a gated community of Founders Rise. Guards roam its gates, keeping all out, or maybe something in. The merchants and shopkeepers have all settled above their shops in the market district, and you can find everything from exotic wares to fine silks and everyday items. The workers' district is home to the blue-collar folks, miners who don't want to live on the mountain, railhands, day laborers, uh, they all make their home here. And there's even a religious sector of the city where various temples to various gods or religions have set up shop, not as ostentatious as the others, but still there. At the center of everything lays the Moonshot Saloon. It's sort of a place of ill repute, a den of gambling and hustling, but for some it's the only place to get a decent whiskey or some entertainment. Outside of town there are several small ranches and farms, uh, and there's basically a shantytown up in the mountains by the mines. While the town proper is is held in check by the law, uh, the shantytown is the opposite. Uh, only those down on their luck would stay. Otherwise, if anything, if they had anything to lose, they would try to find somewhere else to stay. Stories surround the town of strange occurrences, odd happenings, and all manner of the unexplained. Ghost stories, ghouls creeping up through the wells at night, monsters of all manner and things that go bump in the night, and sometimes even stories of hopping vampires. You can find everything here in Last Hope. And that's where our party is starting their adventure and we're going to start by having everybody introduce themselves and tell us a little bit of who they want to be in the town of last hope so let's start with cory Corey, who are you playing today
3: hey uh i'm playing drake the tiefling warlock uh he's kind of like a loner hanging out on the fringes of town he just kind of wants to be left alone and you know do his thing explore some ancient ruins talk to things in the darkness as you do
2: okay Anna, who will you be
4: playing today? Um today I am playing Violet. She is a uh human druid and she's kind of a um the like the herbalist in town so you know if you have a toothache she'll be like, "Okay, honey, I got something for you." And she'll give you, you know, a, 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 an herb for that or things like that.
2: Okay. Uh Matt, who will you be playing today?
5: This one is honored to inform you that this one is seeks the unerring path, a designation granted to me by the Grand Master of Mysteries, when I left our temple to find my way through the world and discover the unerring path. I am in this place because all places contain value and can be used to discover many things about the self, which is the reflection of the world, and therefore I seek my path here. Also don't really know where anything else is
2: and liz who will you be playing today
0: i'm playing lucille and uh man having to follow up from rossi like that (laughs) this is this is very stressful um i am i'm lucille luxpark i am a gnome artificer and i probably kind of set up like a town, sort of a blacksmith shop, but not like, she's not really happy to like shoe horses and things like that, but she does it because it gives her you know, a little spending money to work on her pet projects. She has a mechanical pony, and uh, it's kind of like a Shetland pony, but it's a robot, and that's kind of her pride and joy. Surprisingly, no No one wants to do stuff like that out here,
2: but. uh, All right. Well, welcome, everybody, and welcome your characters to this wondrous town. What you'd see in your normal day to day life is what you would expect. Uh, We'll say, Drake, you do a lot of exploring. Uh, Basically, you're looking at the ruins of of basically old ranches that have been abandoned, uh, searching in what is ostensibly like the edge of the desert, uh, where there was a bunch of native folk ruins. Uh, you found some typical stuff, uh, nothing too exciting so far. Uh, Violet, you are running your daily herbal business. Uh, you are well sought after because making things grow out here isn't exactly the easiest. uh, and so your particular uh, green thumb comes in very, very handy. Uh, The local apothecaries, as well as many of the local uh, churches, they frequent you daily to get fresh herbs, or sometimes even just some of the richer folk come down to get flowers for their significant others. Uh, Matt, I don't know what seeks the unerring path would be doing on a daily basis, so I'll let you tell me how he spends his days.
5: Uh, I probably observe people, because I'm trying to figure out what the unerring path is. Uh, how do I travel the world? I mean, I, I didn't mention during my thing where I was role playing, I'm a Warforged, so I don't actually... I'm probably one of the few here. I don't know how many there are. But I'm distinct. Like, I'm gold and silver plated. I have, like, a Chrysanthemum and other things carved into me indicating the Mastic tradition, and then I'm wearing, like, very nice robes as well. Uh, I, I stick out. And thus, when I try and hang out and, like, observe people, they notice me fairly quickly. And so I spend a lot of time in the saloon because it's one of the few places people won't kick me out. Okay. But, you know, so I, I creep people out, basically. I'm the robot that creeps everyone out. I, I have no idea. I, I don't know why everybody seems so uncomfortable. And for that matter, I don't know why there aren't that many more out here. There are quite a few back where I'm from.
2: Yeah, they're, they're definitely are a rare occurrence out this far, probably because we're... Not in the most civilized of places, but still. Uh, And then, Liz, Lucille will probably be spending most of her time doing more blacksmithing stuff, trying to work on personal projects, and maybe selling folks on more advanced mechanical means. Does that sound about right?
0: Trying, at least. I don't think she's much of a salesman, but she's very enthusiastic.
2: Yeah, you, you occasionally you'll have somebody wanders in and you start talking about all the intricacies of your your various mechanical things and you just see their eyes glaze over as you get way too into detail occasionally. But on this day of days, each of you discovers something or has rec- receives something a little bit special. Lucille, into your shop walks a little page boy. Uh, looks like he's dressed up to be almost like a courier and he's well uh, put together and he's got a little leather uh, saddlebag and he walks up to you uh, and he hands you a, a, a neatly pen, neatly folded uh, letter with a wonderful wax seal on it. Uh, ex- excuse me, ma'am. Uh, I got a letter for you here.
0: Oh, Oh, I don't get letters very much.
2: Well, that, that's none of my business, ma'am, but uh, if you could just uh, sign here to make sure that it says that you received it, I would be much grateful.
0: And she'll, like, eagerly sign it and snatch up the letter and probably...
2: What you see is actually a well-written, like, high calligraphy invitation. Uh, Lord Burkstaff, one of the founding family members of this town, is throwing his... Uh, five-year gala and in recognition of your advanced technologies and to give you an opportunity to uh, meet with folks that might be more inclined to spend money on your particular type of wares, possibly invest uh, he is inviting you to his gala and he says you can bring any inventions or anything that you wish to show off as there will be a show-and-tell portion to uh, the two-day festivity You'll be provided lodgings as well uh, so that you can spend uh, an evening in revelry and sales and then as well as the next day uh, sort of getting everything together. So you don't have to worry about wandering home in the the deep dark of the night so that you can stay safe for the entire evening.
0: This is so
5: exciting!
2: And you see the little page boy sort of runs out. and your shop is probably fairly close to the center of town being near the market area uh, and he will wander into the uh, the moon the moonstone saloon and he walks up to seeks the anarian path and he looks real nervous and you see the same boy and he, he sort of hands you a, a letter pardon me sir i got a i got a letter for you here and uh, well, i think i think you're sir i don't i don't know what to call you i'm sorry
5: then how do you know the missive is for this one
2: well, you're kind of the only one about you that looks like you, and it said specifically I'm supposed to hand it to the one that looks silver and gold and all pretty-like.
5: Is this one
2: pretty-like? They seem to think so, sir. I I'm, i can't make a judge of that. And, this I, one
5: is curious. Please direct me to this missive you wish me to receive.
2: And he hands you the, the same type of letter... Uh, and it asks you to sign the same the same paper that uh says that you received the letter.
5: And what does one sign
2: with? Uh, well usually what you, what you call yourself if you have a name like I- I'm Billy sir, and that's that's what I would sign as I would sign Billy. This
5: one seeks the unerring path then you can you can write that down, sir that'd be more than fine okay At this point, I signed an incredibly complica- complicated uh Sigil that's in my native language and doesn't it takes me like roughly a minute to do?
2: You see, the boy is like nervously like moving from foot to foot as that happens. Uh, when you're done, he uh he kind of stares at it and oh, okay, thank you, and he hightails it out of there real quick. Uh, And you open it up and you see a very similar invitation, very high calligraphy, very well written and common. Uh, a
5: child of some sort with has taken reasonable lessons in the art of calligraphy. (laughs)
2: Uh, but it, it is. I'm going to see
5: what this child wants.
2: Well, it is a similar invitation. It is specifically from Lord Burkstaff, which you have interacted with at least on a couple occasions here at the saloon. So you know who that is. Um, he must have
5: a very dexterous child writes for him.
2: He has uh, invited you to continue to people watch. Uh, he understands you've had conversations about observing and trying to find the unerring path. And he wants to give you an opportunity to interact with some higher-level folk, uh, borderline nobility that doesn't normally come to the saloon. Uh, You've been invited to the gala. That's going to start this evening
5: as well. One must prepare. What does one bring to a gala? I have never been to such an activity. This one is confused. I you see one of, begin you see. walking in that direction because thats I don't have a place. I own nothing except, like, I, ho- I own a stick and the clothes on my back, so, and I don't need to eat or sleep, so I haven't been staying anywhere, so I'm just <laughs> going to start walking in that direction.
2: That's fair. All right, uh, so you can start heading over to Founders Rise. Uh, Violet, a the same boy walks into your shop as you're just finishing up a transaction with uh, one of the local apothecaries. Uh, and he walks up to you, and he sort of blushes a little bit. Is well, ma'am, I got a I got a letter for you.
4: Well, hey, Billy, how did those uh, flowers I gave your sister work out for her headache?
2: Oh, she she's much better now, ma'am. Thank you so much. We couldn't have we couldn't have helped her without you.
4: Oh, I'm so glad to hear it. What's
2: up? Th- well, I got a letter for you here, and uh, well, I, I just need you to sign and and say that you got it, if you could, please.
4: Well, of course, honey, and she. Signs her name and, like, just kind of, like, big, like, John Hancock style. And then she draws a little teeny tiny flower at the end.
2: Well, well thank you, Miss Violet. Thank you so much. Uh, if you need anything, you know, you need, need something running around or messages delivered. I got you covered. Just just let me know.
4: Anytime, Bill. It's great great to see you. Tell your mama I said hello.
2: Well, I will, ma'am. I will. And you see his face is, like, real red. He's he's very obviously got a crush on you. Um, That, that whole young kid you know thing he doesn't understand and he like he backs himself out of the out of your shop and like trips over his own feet getting out because he doesn't want to break like eye contact with you uh, and then he dusts himself up looks really really embarrassed and like starts taking off uh drake you're actually coming back into town for supplies uh you don't really bother with much of anybody uh but up walks a small child uh, and he's very finely dressed, and it looks like he's heading directly for you. Do you do anything, or do you let him let him approach?
3: Uh, I'll quickly cover up whatever I was working on. Okay, Brent. boy. What are you What are you doing here? Who sent you?
2: Uh, uh, well, well, I got a letter for you, for you, sir. Uh, I apologize for bothering you, but uh... and he he, re- he hands out like a a very finely crafted letter he's just kind of waiting for
3: you uh who sent you boy
2: Lord, Lord Burke staff sir
3: staff. what does he want with me
2: I, I don't rightfully know, sir I just deliver the mail I don't ask questions it's safer that way
3: mm, smart lad all right I'll take your letter
2: okay I, I hate to I hate to impose upon you sir but uh I, I need you to I need you to sign that you received it otherwise I won't get paid
3: mm, no I don't sign anything
2: even if it's just a, an X, that's fine, sir.
3: No, sorry, son.
2: I, I'm, I'm very sorry. So I have to, I have to insist. Otherwise, I won't get paid.
3: I'm gonna go loom over top of the boy and say, "Now, I've, I've told you twice. Now, son, I don't sign anything."
2: Are you gonna try to actually intimidate him? Yeah, let's do that. All right, make an intimidation roll. Eighteen. Yeah, the boy actually pees himself and runs away. (laughs) So, uh, you open up the letter and it's the same thing. It's uh, an invitation, but yours is a little bit less friendly, less familiar than some of the others because you're an unknown. And that's why Lord Bergstaff wants you to attend. He doesn't know what you've been doing in town. He doesn't really care, but you are a mystery and mysteries mean fun. At least to him. He would like to entertain you for the evening, uh, provide you lodging, food, everything you could possibly want to, to participate in his uh, every five year gala.
3: Hmm. Well, uh, you suppose you, it could be good to make do, friends in high places.
2: We also know that Lord Burkstaff has probably one of the most uh, well-stocked libraries that you have never had access to, which might be able to help you with your research. So you all have the invitation and uh, you will be the gala is starts this evening. Is there anything any either of you or any of you want to do before we get to the meat and potatoes? I will take like I said that. I
5: don't have a place to live. I have literally nothing. I just wander around. So I'm fine with not doing anything. It's not like I have a store to go to or anything like that. Fair enough. Uh, we'll... Actually. Oh, there is one thing. What's that? Uh, I will. I will head. There's a there's somebody in town that can do blacksmithing and artificing type stuff, right?
2: There is. Uh, you know, you've interacted with Lucille a couple times. She has a little shop uh, not too far from where the saloon is.
5: I will head there because I, I don't know anything about this kind of social gathering. So I, I wish to, re- you know, make requests as to proper appearance. I don't know how I'm supposed to look so I will go and I will ask her if there's anything I'm supposed to do.
2: All right, Lucille, not so long after the boy leaves, another person comes into your blacksmith shop and you look up and you see Seeks the Unerring Path, the Warforge that you've interacted with a few times, uh, and you guys can have whatever conversation you wish to have.
5: Greetings, proprietor. This one has questions.
0: Okay, okay, and Lucille is... Probably like been bouncing around her little workshop, and she's getting her uh, mechanical pony, who is named Blue Bluebell, like starting to shine her up and all of these things to get ready for tonight. And so you kind of caught her in the middle of all this, and she's like turns around and but but she likes seeks the seeks the path because he's like this fascinating thing that she's maybe maybe never seen before. So she's pretty glad to see him.
5: What can I do for you? Yeah, yeah. I see that you are applying some kind of polish to your companion. Is this standard here? (laughs) I have been requested to attend some sort of social gathering by the local lord, and I know little of such things. Are you going to the gala too? Is that what it is? Uh, I will show you the note. And I pull out the note and show it to her,
0: and she just looks at it and she's nod, nod, and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it's not normal, but you kind of, you kind of want to. So I'm, I'm polishing, I'm polishing, so it's a little shinier, and you know, everything kind of gets dust.
5: Am Some I expected to do this?
0: I mean, you don't have to, but
5: it's kind of, I, it, it's nice. Do you have the means to do this? And if so, what kind of remuneration do you require? I have five gold pieces. (laughs) Do I give them all to you?
0: No, no, you, I'd be happy to help. We're, we're all going to the, I'm going to the gala too. And I'm really excited. I'll just, I can help you out. It's no problem.
5: I will wait, then, until you are finished with your companion. Hello, do you have a name? I say that to the pony. <laughs> How, How I, intelligent I is Bluebell? See
0: wow, that's a really good question.
2: It's your creation. You get to tell me.
5: I do an extremely he deep is... bow to the pony. <laughs> one hand, one, one, one hand <gasps> in the other palm... Head down, like probably a lot deeper than I bow to you, quite frankly. Probably give you would bow, but this is a significant bow. Would would Bluebell
2: be intelligent enough to know that he's bowing to to her?
5: Uh,
0: well, the stat sheet for this thing says it has an intelligence of four.
2: Okay, so prob- probably not too not too much. Uh, but she, you see that Bluebell will sort of nod her head a little bit almost like mimicking your movement
5: Does, is, your, is your companion considered a, a, a living construct or just a construct uh, it just says a construct someday you may too attain the state I await you there and together perhaps we may learn what it is to progress
0: oh i think bluebell looked like that
5: it is the it is the destiny of all things to progress
0: i like to think so uh but lucille will just kind of finish up polishing bluebell and then go over to seek the unerring path and kind of do the same and dust off his plates and add some polish until he's shiny
2: all right, you are. Thank you. You are very shiny. Lucille does a very good job. You are. You are at least twenty percent shinier than you were before you came into the shop.
5: The Artificer Lords of the Chrysanthemum Empire could not do a better job. Yeah,
0: that's that's real nice of you to say. Thank you.
5: Although to be honest, I don't know if it's true. I don't know what they do now. It <laughs> has been quite some time since I have been there but I do not feel it was a lie because at the time I was there, they would not have done a better job. It's possible they do a better job. Now I can't say it's very confusing to think about these things.
0: It's, it's complicated. That's why I prefer to, to, you know, do my blacksmithing and help Bluebell.
5: Yes, they are very complicated people of all types There is much to observe. It is extremely difficult to find the unerring path. I have yet to find it, or even think I will find it. But I suppose the seeking isn't of itself important. I now go to stand outside this person's house until such time as he knows that he is. I am there. Thank you.
0: Well, it should be starting in a little while, so uh, good good luck.
5: I nod again and head out. I again give a much deeper bow to the to the robot horse and then i'm i'm on my way just walking i have literally just a stick with like three rings on the top that's it that's all i've got on me and my robes yeah that's literally everything since i don't need to eat or sleep or do any of that stuff so i don't
2: okay now what about uh drake and violet what are you doing prior to this evening's festivities
4: Well, I'm pretty much just getting all the stuff around my shop and um, I'm going to druid craft a whole bunch of flowers and bring a little bouquet with myself, Um, probably somewhat medicinal, like echinacea and California poppies. So it's like really bright and pretty. Um, And then I'm going to druid craft some more like medicinally stuff and then I'm going to lock up and leave.
2: All right. And Drake, what about you?
3: I'm just going to go uh, get a new suit. Something fancy but mysterious. Try and look my best.
2: Yeah, you could you could basically go full tuxedo mask if you wanted to. There is a a tailor in town that could probably whip something up and actually give you, like, a masquerade mask if you wanted to go, like, full-on top hat the whole nine.
4: Oh, my God, please go full tuxedo <laughs> mask.
3: Well, it wouldn't be the Wild West if I would. Well, hmm.
2: There's a reason that the tuxedo is considered a timeless piece, sir. Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go full-top hat.
2: All right. There's a, You walk into the shop, and it's this real, like, old human. Uh, it looks like he is ancient by even human standards. Uh, and he sort of, Hello, sir. What can I do for you?
3: Sir, I'm going to a function tonight at Lord Birkwood's house, and I need to look my best.
2: His eyes light up as soon as you say, Oh, you have been invited to the gala. How stupendous. Well, how, how dapper do you wish to be?
3: Uh, I need you to make me look presentable, and, but with an air of, don't come near me.
2: Ah, the dangerous stranger, I know exactly, exactly what to do. Please, step this way. And he leads you to, like, a little tiny raised platform at the center of the shop, and it's, like, maybe a couple feet up, uh, up in the air. Uh, and please wait right there. We'll be right back. And he disappears into the back of the uh, the shop with more agility and speed than you would expect uh, such an ancient person to be able to muster. Uh, and he comes back out a few moments later with a, a a garment bag with instead of being the normal like burlap that they would throw over or something just to try to keep it clean, it looks like it is wrought in like fine silk. Uh, and corded together very, very neatly. And he hangs it up and he opens it. And a, uh, it's like a black silken tuxedo, uh, complete with tails, uh, is, is laying out before you. Uh, Please, I believe that this would be quite perfectly your size. And he hands you the suit. Uh, I'm assuming you're going to put it on. Yep. It fits Perfectly absolutely perfectly like you have no idea how he did this but it's almost like it contours to your body with magic and then he completes the outfit by handing you a lovely top hat a uh, domino mask uh, and a cane with uh, a little silver skull at the very top of it
3: oh yes I like this thank you this will do nicely
2: Oh fantastic sir. Uh, uh would you like to purchase or rent for the evening?
3: I uh, I think I'll rent for tonight.
2: It's not often
3: I have an occasion to wear something this. Fine.
2: Then it would then it would only be 2 gold 50 silver then. That sounds fair. All right. Uh you look you're yourself completely done up and there's a, there's a a fine silver mirror uh hanging on the wall and you look at yourself and you think damn, I look good. Because you do. You look absolutely phenomenal. All right. Anything else anybody wants to do before the evening? Okay. As evening starts to fall, the sun starts to set, uh, and you get that sort of wonderful tones of of orange and red in the sky, you all make your way over to the Founders' Rise, uh, the gated community, and you see uh, Seeks the Unerring Path waiting at the gate, It looks like he's probably been there since he left your shop, Lucille. Uh, You see uh, a small gnome that some of you may have interacted with before uh, riding on her fantastic mechanical pony uh, up to the gate. Uh, You see Violet uh, Maxwell done up uh, in her, uh, I would say Sunday finest would probably be accurate. Yeah.
4: Um. Kind of like I assume that her uh, reputation precedes herself, so she doesn't really feel the need to get too faint.
2: That's fair enough. Uh, And then you see a mysterious person uh, walk up in a full tuxedo with a wonderful walking cane, uh, a top hat, and a domino mask. Uh, Just sort of all reach the gate at roughly the same time. Uh, Also, reaching you is a few folks from the town. Uh, you see Lady Silverhall, who's actually married to the owner of the saloon, uh, done up in all of her finery. Uh, you see a tiefling uh, who you've not you've never really seen before, but it looks like she is uh, carrying food and delicacies. She must be part of the uh, potential wait staff or catering staff for this evening. Uh, you see a couple young, uh, looks like, merchant's brothers. Uh, they're definitely twins, and they're also... Uh, coming up with you. Uh, one of the deputies actually is here as well, and it looks like he's done up uh, quite nicely. This is actually Constable Custard. Uh, he uh, He's a gnome, very small, uh, but very dapper. Uh, you can see he's got a fine six-shooter iron at his side. Uh, he's got his deputy's badge all shined up and, and going, uh, and he's in his essentially dress blues. Uh, and so you all reach the gate at the same time. The guards all ask for your invitations to make sure that you are supposed to be here. I assume that you all hand them over without any sort of difficulty. Now is the time to tell me if you do something other. Okay. Checks- As I
3: hand mine over, I want to use thaumaturgy to make uh, some ominous crow noises from off in the distance.
2: You make some ominous crow noises as soon as you uh, hand it over, and the the guard kind of like looks around a little bit. Uh, You make a little flutter for your cape, because you do
5: absolutely have a cape with this tuxedo. Uh, I want to make an insight check when I'm handing over the uh, invitation. Like, is there some, do I feel anything threatening about this from this person who's taking it?
2: Go right ahead, make an insight check for me, please.
5: Wow, I don't know nothing. Uh, he's, I rolled a one, by
2: the way, baby. You did, you did. <laughs> um, we're not gonna. There are no critical failures in skill checks, uh, unless it's funny. You get enough of a sense to know that he doesn't really mean you any ill harm. He's just doing his job, um, but he is seems very on edge to you. Even with that low overall he's very, very on edge.
5: Well, they handed him the thing anyway
2: uh he checks all of your names off of looks like a, a parchment uh and opens the gate for you and well you you may enter keep you keep yourselves mind yourselves and keep your noses clean and
5: have this one fun. does not have a nose but thank you
2: right right he just kind of like looks at you i understand and that
5: it was a metaphor that you were not literally telling me not to get anything on my nose but rather that i should behave myself i understood that But I don't have a nose, so I cannot actually do so in the manner that one might be suggesting to do so. But you were not. I do understand that. And then I move in.
2: (laughs) He he looks really nervous and confused at all that. And uh, as everybody else funnels in, you hear him muttering. What's a
1: metaphor?
2: You walk up and it looks like here, unlike the rest of the town, the rest of the town has sort of like that packed dirt road that you would sort of expect, even with it being a larger settlement uh, or or borderline city. Uh, Cobblestone isn't really a thing that you're going to have out here. It's just not practical. But in Founders Rise, they absolutely have cobblestone and it looks like it is swept clean uh, and it looks like it leads a path, a a wide street uh, that goes up a slope of a hill. And there are several estates uh, to either side, and they're, they're, they're modest estates, they're not like mansions, uh, but you see there are several different uh, families that have their probably ancestral homes that this is where they settled. Uh, but at the very, very top of Founders' Rise is where you've seen the Burkestaff Manor. Uh, the Burkstaff Manor is modest by manor, terminology goes. Uh, It looks like it is large and very gothic as far as its architecture goes with its sloping roofs. Uh, It does look like it has several gargoyles uh, posted at several of the uh, corners of the roof. Uh, It does look like it has actual gutter systems to to, whenever there is rain to actually funnel them into its gardens. Uh, And it does have its own little stone wall that surrounds it. Off to one side, you do see it has uh, almost like a ranch acreage up here where it looks like there are several grazing animals. Uh, very clearly Lord Burkstaff and his ilk like to ride, uh, but they don't want to go mingle on the plane. So they have their own little private area up here. Uh, and you are greeted by what looks like a warm, uh, set of lights from the house and a, a butler waits at the small gate. Uh, and you can hear the sounds of music and, uh, revelry already happening inside. Uh, he greets you all and opens the gate. I assume you all go in.
5: The uh, I'm going to like actually, I'm going to walk once around the building and just look at the people, like their staff and so forth. Here, I suppose. I want to see them too. They might they might have the unerring path, so I'm watching them. I'm just looking at everybody checking the place out.
2: Yeah, you see mostly people going about their normal business. You do see several hands handling the horses. You see uh, what looks like several staff tidying up and cleaning as you walk inside, uh you see even more. It looks like there are several people that are already here and sort of mingling, uh, in what is essentially the grand receiving room. Uh you hear as you all walk in a booming voice from uh deep within, Oh, welcome, welcome. So glad you could all make it. Uh I apologize that I am slightly a little bit late to my own party, and you see a very finely dressed old Elven male um, gray hair streaking through his his black uh, finely wrought robes and, and dress and and he's sort of has a an air about him of, of affability uh, he holds a, a goblet in one hand and as he talks the air almost grows thick with a musk of uh, a musk of lavender uh, very clearly this is a a well-to-do and those of you who are here know that this is Lord Burkstaff himself Um the receiving room has several armchairs around it. Uh, looks like there are two fireplaces going at either end, a grand staircase at the back that leads up to the second story, and two sets of gigantic double doors at either side, the left and right, uh, that lead deeper into the the manor. Uh, you do see several other noble folks, probably some other folks that are, are from the Founders' Rise. Uh, that you haven't you've never interacted with before probably because they don't generally go down with the masses too frequently Uh, and this is sort of the small talk area or portion of the evening uh, for everybody to sort of introduce themselves so what does everybody do once they are here
0: have i been allowed to come in with bluebell because that would be really upsetting okay
2: okay okay I'm they, fine. The, the staff has given you, uh, was given specific instructions not to stop you
5: bringing anything in. All right. I'm just walking the area again, studying the people, like watching them, uh, like studying really deeply. Like what are the, how do they feel about what they're doing? Stuff like that. Like if you need to make insider perception checks, let me know. Cause that's uh, the kind of thing I'm curious about.
2: Let's go with an insight check. Let's see if you can figure out uh what the uh, what the folks are feeling right now. Oh, yeah, that's a good role. Uh, everybody seems to be just enjoying themselves. It, you would get the impression that there's not a whole lot of fun to be had out in the frontier lands. You know that life tends to be a little bit hard out here, even in a city like this or a town like this. Uh, people's fortunes can change at the, the drop of a hat. Uh, and so whenever they can celebrate or have an excuse to do so, they take it. And here, this is a, the upper, upper crust, one of the founding families of this town. One of the first folks to decide that there should be something here to greet people before their long journey to the West has invited a seeming random group of folks, both common and, and noble to attend, for some of them, this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, uh, and there there's an equal measure of nervousness to that joy. Uh, but everybody seems pretty straightforward as far as that goes.
5: Okay. Okay. Uh,
2: small talk persists for a little bit, probably about an hour or so after you guys get there. Uh, is anybody else trying to do anything specific or trying to introduce themselves to anybody or... Or anything? Or are we just going to move on to the dinner um, portion? I'm
4: going to grab a drink and introduce myself to everybody.
2: Well, most folks already know you, and you know almost everybody here. Uh, aside from Harriet Lockwell, who uh, she's an, an older human. Um, she's You can tell she's used to having money. Uh, she thinks you're quaint. Uh, very, very aloof. Um but you get a sense that there's a natural intelligence behind her surly attitude. Uh, as you start talking about chemical compositions with her, uh, she responds in kind, uh, almost as if she understands your way of mixing herbs, uh, but just hasn't quite had the opportunity to do it so much herself. All right. Anybody else doing anything spe- anything particular?
0: Uh, Lucille's probably trying to mingle, but I don't think she's very good at it.
2: You tend to make friends with the, uh, the Fairbrand brothers, which is another local shop. They, their, their dad owns the, uh, the general store. Uh, You've seen them a couple times, but they're also really awkward and nervous. You can tell they're, they're a little bit younger. As far as humans go, they're probably 17. So they're just at that cusp of adulthood. Um, They are absolutely identical twins. And they, they, they raz each other and have that sort of childlike playfulness. They seem to be really interested in bluebell uh, wait this is this is a mechanical thing. you made this yeah yeah, yeah.
0: I mean what? everyone's everyone's mostly interested in like armor and horseshoes and things like that but this is this is something else, and this could really change things technology like this but but yeah. Well,
2: boy, that's just wild. And he turns, it's Jeff and Jason. Jeff turns to Jason. And, Could you imagine not having to feed horses or have to pick up their poop? <laughs> that would be great. We wouldn't have to clean the storefront at all. Uh, and he turns back to you. Can, can, I, can I touch? Can I touch Bluebell? You said her name was Bluebell, right? Bluebell, yeah, yeah. And he nice. goes, and he goes, and he goes to, like, make, like, a petting motion. Uh, and he pricks his finger. Um, make me a perception check, please.
0: That's a one.
2: That is absolutely a one. <laughs> you do not notice the thing that we should notice, uh, but I will let a narrowing path. Uh, sorry. Seek seeks. I'm just going to call you seeks. Uh, I'll let okay. seeks make a uh, perception check. Cause you are very clearly people watching.
5: Okay.
2: That's good enough. Uh, You notice that as uh, one of the brothers, it looks like he very clearly snags his finger on a, uh, not a ragged edge, but a very sharp, very crisp edge on Bluebell. He doesn't seem to react, but his brother does. And as he as you're watching, you see that he picks his hand up. So Jeff is the one doing the petting. Jason picks his hand up and sticks his finger in his mouth and you know, you can see him like smack his brother a little bit and they sort of take a step back and go back to uh trying to very nervously now converse with Lucille.
5: Okay. I will walk up.
2: Oh, Whoa well, there! And they turn is this
5: another one of y'all makes?
0: Oh, oh no! This is seeks the unerring path, and he's he's himself. He's just him.
2: Whoa! And you see, like Jason, kind of like walks around you. You
5: a real live living thing? I poke Jason in the chest. How hard? Hard enough that he would feel it.
2: Uh, he rocks back a little bit, and then you see Jeff like. Almost like he stops himself from like moving his hand up to his chest interesting
5: so you feel what I do to him uh, we don't know what you're talking about mister that's foolish why would you lie about it this one is interesting I, I assure you we we do not know what you be talking about I poke the other one
2: do you see the same thing happens? And you actually notice it now, too, Lucille, now that uh, Seeks has brought this basically out to attention and is doing this not stealthily at all.
5: That's interesting. You've injured your hand. I point to the one I just poked to second because that was the one I saw do it. But he reacted, and you did not.
2: And you, you they look at each other and they're very, very nervous and they kind of like make a motion for you to like come in a little bit closer.
5: Uh, I bend slightly. We we
2: don't we don't advertise it, sir. We don't we don't make a big deal about it cuz it, it's a concern if one of us gets I, hurt the other feels that it's been like that since we were born. Why would this be a concern? People will think we're weird and well, we they might not like us to be around. Think since this-
5: This is unusual in some fashion?
2: Very much so. This is not normal, sir. And the way that everything is here, they might think we're ghouls or or something weird that that, that needs to be run out of town or worse.
5: I am informed. This is not information I had previously. Were we in the Chrysanthemum Empire, you would have probably visited the Emperor by now.
2: Well, sir, we ain't we ain't no flower empire here. I I I don't know where you come from, but around here, well, okay, like you said, the the chrysanthemum empire. uh, We we ain't from there, and well, this this place ain't exactly that, and we don't we just don't want anything bad to happen. Please, just don't make a big deal out of it, please.
5: It is your life to conceal or not, as one chooses, but. I do feel you are doing yourself a disservice. You are never going to find the unerring path if you deny your own nature.
2: Uh, we, we ain't seeking no no path, so are we just trying to
5: live and survive. And What do you think living is? Survival. And what is survival? If you do not know yourself, how can you live?
2: They both look at each other and then look at you. Well, by not dying, that's usually the definition of, of living
5: interesting you do not see anything higher than this there is just survival and nothing further
2: well i mean we might hopefully maybe find uh ourselves some some young fillies and maybe settle down and i mean we're just going to take over the family business one day when you know light forbid you know mom and pa pass on from this this plane but that that's it sir we don't we don't want for much
5: This is all very interesting. Thank you.
2: And they they sort of look very, like, concernedly at Lucille.
0: Oh, it's no one's business but yours. Like, people are scared of what they don't understand. I know that. There's... hmm?
2: Well, thank you, ma'am, and we appreciate your... uh, At
5: this point, I've turned back to Bluebell. Like I've literally just turned. Like they no longer interest me okay. because they're they're self diluting, so they're not of any any purpose. I turn back to Bluebell and say, "Thank you for helping me understand better."
2: Okay. The Bluebell doesn't seem to react. Well, of course not. All right. Anybody else doing anything particular before dinner service starts? Uh, after about the hour of, of drinks and socialization, you are gre- you are ushered into uh, through the double set of doors on the right hand side of the room. It opens up to a grand banquet hall uh, style room, which is larger than anything you've ever seen as for any sort of dining establishment. Uh, the table is set up. It's a large chunk of very deep, rich oak uh, with very finely carved sides and, and top. Uh, The chairs are plush, made of the same wood, with nice high cushions, uh, and each of you has a seat uh, designated with a nice little name card associated with it. Next to Lucille's is actually a spot for uh, Bluebell to stand or sit, as they don't know what exactly your creation does, but they they seem to have anticipated you bringing her. Um, Drake is set up at the far end of the table, looks like it's almost cast in shadows, uh, Violet's set up towards the middle, uh, and Seek's is, is, directly next to Lucille. Uh, you see everybody sort of takes their place and, and Lord Burkstaff goes to the, what is ostensibly the head of the table with the most ornate of chairs. Friends, welcome again, and thank you for attending our festivities. Uh, as you know, every five years, my family has celebrated this town's creation and the people therein. A way of... ...acknowledging what was crafted out of nothing. We are the last bastion of humanity and civilization... ...before folks brave the desert... ...either on their own through the caravans... ...or uh, those that can afford it, the railways. We appreciate that you have chosen to live or stay here for as long as you have. Friends of old, friends of new... ...and he poignantly holds his glass up at Seek's The Unerring Path... ...those that we hardly know tilts his head to drake Uh, those who keep us safe and secure uh, sort of nods at violet uh, and those who will usher in the future and he looks at lucille drink eat be merry Uh, everything that i have here is yours this evening i wish to thank you for your continued service and existence and for everything that you will do for us in the future please know that I am truly, deeply grateful. And you see everybody sort of, you know, gives a polite clap as he, you know, he doesn't quite bow, but he sort of inclines his head to the table uh, as he sits down, takes a big swig from his his goblet, and dinner service begins. Small, uh, small folk, uh, looks like gnomes and, and dwarves, uh, are making their way in and out of the, what you can guess is probably the kitchen area, uh, and they're just bringing plates and plates of food, uh, and it's everything that you could possibly want. Uh, the odd thing is, and you guys can describe what your favorite type of meal would be. It's almost as if they predicted you would accept and planned accordingly. So, so they bring me not because I don't eat. They bring you nothing.
5: I would otherwise have to ask them to give it to somebody else because it would be wasted.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh. So, Drake, what would your perfect meal be?
3: Roast potatoes, uh, lamb shank, and a sweet glaze. Probably some fried root vegetables. Okay.
2: And that's exactly what they bring to you at a very finely, like, master chef-crafted level. Um, Violet, what would your ideal meal be?
4: You know, I think... I just like a real big salad, maybe with a little bit of roast rabbit on the side, Um, something like that. Just something fresh and something hot.
2: And that's exactly what they deliver. It looks like it is um, almost as if it was picked moments before being served. Uh, The salad is absolutely fresh and crisp and and completely clean. Uh, The rabbit is dressed down perfectly with crispy glazed skin uh, and it is absolutely delectable. That nice balance of crunch and, and, and softness, that tenderness that you would want from even game meat. Um,
4: um, as, as she finishes eating, she licks her fingers because she doesn't really have any time for uh, manners when something's this tasty.
2: Oh, yeah. Uh, Lucille, what would be your ideal meal?
0: Uh, probably like a pile of sweets and pastries.
2: A multi-layered cake and a plate of pastries is delivered directly in front of you. Uh, this is the sort of high sugar, high confectionery art form that you would uh, expect to see in one of those big fancy cities out east. Uh, it, actually, one of the things they deliver to you is a Uh which, you know, that's really, really hard to make. But the caramel is absolutely perfect.
0: Her eyes are just like the size of saucers, staring at this. (laughs) And she is definitely she's definitely licking frosting off of her fingers because this is she knows manners probably, but yeah.
2: All right, and as dinner winds down, you see that everybody is is in the same level of contentment, or more or less. And then you are ushered in out of the dining room and into the library, which is through the other set of double doors from the main floor. Uh, And in the library, there are several sitting chairs, there's uh, coffee and cognac and and other spirits waiting for uh, after-dinner aperitifs, Uh, and there's a roaring fire going in what looks like a central fire pit that vents directly up through the ceiling and outside, and uh, it's a little bit darker in here as everything looks like it's made out of that same dark wood that the oak table was, um, but it's more mingling. Uh, does anybody do anything special during this time?
5: Okay, I'm definitely doing the same thing I've been doing. I'm watching everybody.
1: Okay.
5: I'm also looking around at the books because this is not how we preserve information back where I'm from. So that's interesting to me.
2: Yeah, and the books, you'll, you'll notice that there are... Uh, several of them that they're all finely bound. Some many of them in leather. Um, it looks like there are several scrolls and scroll cases uh, on their little sections. And there's a everything
5: scrolls, f- be, scrolls. I would understand.
2: Yeah, most of them seem to be ancient religious uh, texts from uh, the various uh, temples. Uh, looks like different sermons and teachings. Uh, you do find one that was actually a, an entire treatise on how Illmater and his followers are piecing the world back together by taking its brokenness into themselves. Uh, ooh,
5: ooh. That's interesting.
2: Uh, you I do- will flip through. Okay. Uh, it's a lot of how they're, they use their sacrifice uh, in order to cleanse the world of not necessarily it's sin, but it's pain. They As believe- you would
5: expect for a monk robot. I have no idea about religion at all.
2: So, yes. I do have a decent
5: investigation. I don't know anything about religion.
2: Well, it's okay. And this is actually interesting to you because as you're reading through it, you see that they don't have priests. Theirs is a monastic tradition. Every one of their worshipers is a monk dedicated to basically absorbing the pain of the world. And what's interesting to you in particular is is that they're set on a wandering path as well. They don't have, like, temples or dedicated spaces. They're sent out into the world to sort of find people and fix problems and do what they can to make things whole before moving on to the next. They are a very nomadic monastic tradition in that regard.
5: Interesting. Okay, I'm going to basically, while I'm still looking up every so often to look around the room and see what people are doing, I then go back and go to another couple pages and check it out and so forth. Yep.
2: And there's there. this is all done through scroll work, so you spent a lot of time in that scroll section. Um, now, Drake, you mentioned that you are doing research. What were you researching?
3: There was uh, some odd disappearances on the edges of the ranches out on the boonies, And I was trying to figure out what that had to do with uh, maybe a larger civilization that had gone missing either out west or maybe more southwest. Okay.
2: Uh, Make me an investigation check. Let's see, because you are in the library. You can kick around if you want.
3: Better investigate. 13. Lucky number 13.
2: Uh, In one of the... Odd corners of the library uh, sort of set aside from the rest. You see a, an out-of-place, looks like a tattered book. Uh, this thing has probably been thumbed through numerous times. The spine is cracked. Uh, the edges are fraying. Uh, it's not bound in leather. It's actually bound in almost like a, a hard fabric uh, that you've never seen before. Uh, but it does look like it's, it's sort of coming apart at the seams a little bit. Uh, and as you open it, the pages sort of have that delicate touch of something ancient. Um, and what languages does Drake speak?
3: Common in Infernal.
2: So, interestingly enough, this looks like this tome is not written entirely in Infernal. And it looks like it is detailing a civilization or a people that settled this land well before... Uh, Anybody from the the east, any of the the humans or the the elves came and settled and made this town. Uh, It looks like it were native people that actually worshipped the mountain in which they found silver. Uh, They seem to believe that there was a a god that lived in the mountain that provided for them. Uh, And that sort of is the theme that goes throughout. The people would, you know, live in temporary housing. Like they were basically like tents. They would move around uh there's notations about how they would uh give sacrifice and devotions to the mountain itself um there is not really spelled out but it almost seems like the sacrifices they're not talking about what they are um some folks might think that it would be food or um meats or 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 liquors of some type uh but you get the distinct impression that they're being vague on purpose and that it might have been human sacrifice. And that's pretty much it. That's the first time you've heard of anything like that here. And it looks like this is an incomplete journal of somebody who was possibly doing research into this as well.
3: does remind me of a back east. There is tales of people who dug, dug too deep. They broke the skin of the gods of the earth, tried to dig out its heart, and all that it left them with was blood and darkness. Interesting that it's been happening here, too.
2: As you say that, you actually notice that uh, Constable Custard is standing right next to you. Well, that's a a weird thing to bring up at a party.
3: Ah, but uh, this is no ordinary party now, is it?
2: Well, that, that's true, but it seems a little dour.
3: I'm afraid life is dour, especially far from these gilded halls and cobbled streets. Well There's I, stranger things out there than you or I have.
2: Well, that that's true, but you're pretty strange right now, sir. Just gonna let you know that.
3: I'll use um uh, Thaumaturgy to make the eyes on my cane glow and uh Kind of give him a look and says, uh, you best be walking on, constable.
2: Go ahead and make an intimidation check. <laughs> 25. Uh, huh. Yeah, that seems like a good idea. Bye. And he just kind of walks away. He's looking over his shoulder as he walks away, and he, he kind of goes over to looks like a, uh, the, a group of... Uh, the nobles and sort of tries to insert himself into that conversation nervously looking your way each time uh, for those of you at home Corey uh, rolled a 25 on his intimidate
3: I'm a very spooky warlock
2: okay. so
4: um, can I uh, notice this going on
2: oh everybody because does
4: Violet, yeah cause, well because Violet's the kind of girl who like like a cat as soon as you start like go away like she'll be like what's what's going on? Like, she wants to insert herself in a situation where she's clearly not
2: well. Go for it. You, absolutely everybody notices it.
4: So I'll just kind of saddle up to Drake and be like, Hey, I don't think I've seen you around town before. What, what, what you reading there?
3: Ah, it doesn't, it doesn't concern you. This is, this barely concerns
4: me. Oh, oh, honey, everything around this town concerns me. What you you reading though? I I, I saw you gave uh, uh, Constable Custard quite a scare there. What's I, I noticed that little trick with the thaumaturgy? Oh my goodness! What 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 you looking up here?
3: Oh, very well. If you must know, if it will get me out of this conversation a little sooner. Oh, I must
4: know. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Love it. Love everything about it. Uh, it's just uh, a journal from someone who was exploring the mountains Out of the west they, uh, they found some things that Were a bit shocking It's something it, I haven't it, found before
4: You might be surprised by this But I'm not the kind of person Who's easily shocked And I hand him um, One of the flowers from my big bundle of Bouquet That's just
5: still with me While this is going on I'm going to try and stealth up next to the two of them so I can look at what he was looking at. Sure, go ahead and make a cell check. Finding my character would be useful.
2: I've heard tales of that.
4: Yeah, I keep, like, checking Twitter. I'm like, no, I need to look at my character sheet.
2: Ooh, uh, yeah, I don't think either of your passive perceptions are high enough to, to beat to 28. Uh, Matt rolled a natural 20. Uh, so, do you announce yourself, or do you just quietly look over the oh, shoulders?
5: I'm straight up just looking at the book. Is, okay, he, so is he still holding it?
2: I would yeah. imagine so, yeah.
5: So I just read what I can over his shoulder. Okay.
2: So you get the basically the same information, plus you can hear whatever they talk about, so y'all can can continue.
3: Well, the reason so- I came out here is that there are odd disappearances on the edges of the of the town, and out even further west in the in the boonies there. So obviously, I jumped at the chance to come explore this library. It seems like I'm not the only one who's found strange up those mountains.
4: Well, yeah, of course we heard about the disappearances, but I can't believe I'm, I can't believe the first person to come and try and find out about it. I mean, I i thought Constable Custard would do something about it, but I guess he's not so much, right?
3: A man like him is more interested in how he looks and keeping up appearances in town rather than to doing any real constabulatory work.
5: How do you know much about a man like him?
2: You both jump as you uh, realize that uh, Seek the Unerian Path is directly behind both of you. You did not hear him come up at all. Hear them come up at all.
5: Them, yes.
4: Oh, you're a creepy robot fella. Hi, how are you? Uh, how long have you been standing there, honey?
5: I was standing there long enough to read the uh, book over this one's shoulder. I point to the uh, warlock.
3: Has anyone ever told you it's rude, read over someone's shoulder?
5: No. Well, <laughs> it is. Now someone has told me.
4: So, what's that book actually say? Because um, yeah. I, I know that Drake's not telling me the truth, and he's just kind.
5: What does the book actually say?
2: So the book, bu- the book is basically a journal, right? So like, it's a personal account, and I don't know. Do you, do you speak
5: infernal? No, primordial.
2: Uh, it's actually not too different. Uh, it's different enough that you can't understand everything, but as you look at it, there's like glimpses of words that that almost feel similar. Um, it's sort of like the difference between like Spanish and Portuguese. Um, okay. So you pick out like a couple words here and there of, you know, God, sacrifice, uh, you know, protection uh beloved by people, like st- little snippets of things like that. you can kind of piece together uh what was talked about earlier, uh, but nothing too concrete. you don't have any additional insight that hasn't already been
5: because the, the book is not written in a language that I am proficient in. From what little I could piece together, it is about the sacrifice of a beloved being or perhaps even a deity of some sort or perhaps 2 deity oh. that's not entirely clear to me at this time this one is not conversant in the speech of the lower planes but purely in that of the primordials that created all existence they are related languages but they are not the same
4: oh wow that's a uh, that's that's quite a story Thanks for letting me know. Um, I like a chrysanthemum.
5: Thank you. Despite the fact that this one has recently learned that this one is creepy, this one is pleased that one likes the relative aesthetic forms of the east.
4: Well, you know, I, I like all 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 kinds of flowers. Uh, and she kind of backs away. Um, she has. A, a rifle like a lever action rifle and she just kind of like holds on to it real tight and backs up a little bit
5: <laughs> why do you seek this information um, now I've turned to the warlock since the other person has been away
3: well it's uh, partly for my own curiosity partly you never know what kind of power you might find out in those hills
5: power you seek power
3: don't we all sir no
5: we do not what will you do with power when you have it
3: well that remains to be seen
5: interesting you admit that you don't know what you would do that's fascinating this one seeks the unerring path i do not know your name
3: is your name seeks the unerring path or is that what you do
5: yes (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> <laughs> I love it I love it so much
3: I see uh, Well my name is Drake And it's uh, high time I'd be moseying on I think And I'll tuck the book inside my coat You do
5: not own that
3: We'll call it a, a gift from our generous host
5: Oh okay. I will go ask him
3: Now Seeks the unerring path, was it?
5: That is what I said. I I do, yes.
3: Some say uh, in parties like this it's customary for the gift for the host to gift, but to draw attention to a considered route. So, why don't you just keep this between us?
5: Because you are attempting to speak to me as if I were some kind of less than bright child. I am aware that you are stealing the book. I'm aware of what theft is. So I will ask you again, why do you seek this information? And now you will provide me with a more accurate answer out of fear that I will go and reveal this information to him.
3: All right, all right. You see... Uh, I work for some powerful people and some powerful not-people.
5: Yes, I understood that when I could see that you can read Infernal.
3: And let's just say that I owe a debt, and this is the fastest way to clear that debt.
5: This is also interesting information. Very well, you may commit your theft for the time being.
2: Okay. Uh, While you are talking about it, you turn back to the, uh, the book as you're putting it away. Uh, I do want you to make me uh, an investigation check, Drake, to see if you have gleaned any additional information from your interactions, uh, as well as reading the book. 16. One thing you did notice is that the pattern in the book described uh, the disappearances happening at regular intervals. Um, This actually coincides with what you've independently researched, Uh, And it looks like it happens every five years.
3: Hmm. Interesting.
2: Okay. Does anybody want to do anything else for this portion of the evening before you are shown to your rooms for the evening?
0: I mean, Lucille would definitely look over the books, but if they're just religion and local history, she's not that into it.
2: Uh, You do notice some that are... Uh, For lack of a better term, rudimentary engineering. Uh, Looks like there are some things about the design of steam engines, uh, a bunch of the stuff that are revolve around like the uh, local trains and and things like that, like their creation, how they're maintained. Uh, Looks like a few well-worn manuals uh, that were probably written by folks that were actually working on these. Uh, from the different types of lines and and steamers that are out there. Uh, You do notice that one actually is a fantastical tale of taking a steam engine to the air. Uh, It looks like almost somebody was trying to figure out how to uh, make a train fly.
0: Wow. She's taken this book off the shelf and found like a corner and been going through it. Still still probably sitting on Bluebell and like like, popped up on Bluebell's neck and paging
2: through it. Okay. The rest of the evening goes pretty much uh, uneventful as far as the party goes, uh, when Lord Brookstaff uh, bids you all good evening, uh, and has his staff show you to your rooms. Uh, They lead you to the main hall and up the grand staircase uh, to the second floor, which seems like it is completely living quarters. Um, You do notice that there is a a uh, large hatch uh, right above where the main staircase sort of goes out into the uh, the platform. Think of uh, very similar to um, Way- uh, Waycrest Manor, where you go to that main staircase and there's that big window. Uh, but if you look up, it looks like there's a hatch with a rope. Probably that leads to an attic space. Um, as you go to your individual rooms, they're all decorated roughly the same. Uh, so they're big four poster bed, it looks like a writing desk a chair, a very comfortable sitting chair, it looks like a uh footlocker at the foot of the bed. Uh each room room has like a very small fireplace and instead of a normal rug, each room has an owl bear rug. Uh which looks like it has been skinned and cleaned uh and is surprisingly soft. Um there's a wardrobe in each room obviously as well. Um uh, and you are left to your own devices for the evening. Does anybody do anything special before bedtime or are you basically going to call it a day and sort of try to uh, relax and catch the evening, uh, evening slumber?
5: I don't sleep. So is there a way to get outside of the space?
2: Yeah, you can walk outside of the room.
5: Is there a way to get outside of the building?
2: Yeah, there's, there's doors that lead outside. Um, your room like the rooms have small balconies too so you could also go out on onto that if you wished
5: I would go out on that but then I would want to get to the ground um cuz I don't I want to explore the area check out everything okay uh yeah you can Living. you can reason to sleep
2: as a as a as a, uh, a monk you can hop over the edge and land without having to make any rules or anything like that you just land on your feet and
5: oh, yeah slow fall right i forgot yep Okay, yeah, sure. That's what I do. I just float to the ground like a flower petal and uh, begin exploring the area.
2: Okay. Anybody else doing anything special before bedding down for the evening?
5: Uh,
0: Lucille is definitely polishing up Clarabelle again. Like, even though Clarabel or er, not Clarabel. I'm sorry, Bluebell. That's what <laughs> I went with. Uh, even though, even though Bluebell is like just. Still, like really, really shiny. She's like polishing off, you know, smudges that only she can probably see.
2: Okay. Violet or Drake? I'll
3: just Study the book a little more, compare it to my own tome. Okay. Cross reference and all that.
4: I'm gonna stay up late and drink and close it down with whoever's staying up with me, basically.
2: <laughs> uh, yep. There's a, a few folks that will. Uh, the brothers will actually well participate into drinking until it's uh, time to stumble up to bed and then y'all can do that. Um, the evening shifts from that natu- that, that real warm, dry heat, uh, that you get out at that edge of the desert. Uh, and with it being such a warm day and the temperatures starting to drop, you are hearing all sorts of creaks and groans and, uh, the settling of basically a, a wooden structure, uh, kind of winding down and even you can hear this uh, uh, seeks as you're moving around um, as you look back at the house you do notice that there are uh, lights look like they're moving from room to room checking all the windows and doors uh, very likely you think it's lord burkstaff making sure that doors and windows are secure uh, just because he's a rich guy we're in sort of a, a an almost uncivilized area Bandits are not unheard of. It's probably just some form of affectation that makes them feel safer, despite the fact that they're in a gated community with guards. Uh, those inside the house would also hear the footsteps going from place to place. Um, you guys are all settling in and we're going to we'll, we'll come back to you guys in a second. But an seeks. What specifically are you looking for or what are you trying to do? I mean, me personally. Yeah, what are you? What are you looking for, if anything, or are you just wandering um,
5: around? Uh, I am actually curious. He had that book about the, the deity who, who sacrificed himself to try to fix the world and all that stuff, and then he had that book about the other that involved gods and sacrifice. So that's curious to me. So I'm looking to see if there's anything else around here that strikes me as odd, or unusually placed. Like, you know, wh- why, what is his interest in people seemingly, you know, somehow sacrificing either themselves or deities and how this repairs the world. I'm, I'm curious as to the conjunction of these two ideas.
1: Okay. And also
5: um, from my own experience from that time that I was traveling here and ended up fighting that person who was feeding people to dragons. I know people do strange things that I don't understand. So I'm, I am I don't suspicious would be implied that I expect anything from people. And that's the problem. I don't, I have no idea what people do or why they do it. So I'm curious just to look around to see if there's anything out of place. If anyone's acting unusual, okay. things kinds like that. Um, make me an investigation check, please. Okay. I think I have that one. Oh, yeah, I do. Okay. Still not great. Okay. Uh, I got a fourteen.
2: Yeah, you you don't notice anything out of the ordinary. Everything looks pretty mundane. Uh, stable looks like a stable. Uh, looks like the rest of the lands are well kept. It does look like he has a uh, a very small hedge maze would or hedge maze would be a generous term. Uh, it looks more like decorative shrubbery trying to become a hedge maze. Uh, looks like there's a a family plot. Uh, where, uh, possibly his you know father grandfather have been buried Uh, looks like they're not part of the normal cemetery in the town which that's a little odd to you um, as most humans seem to inter their dead in one general location so that's a little out of place but other than that it looks like a perfectly normal gravestone and and set up you've seen several of those as as long as you've been here Uh, It looks like there's a gazebo at the edge of the property that overlooks the town uh, and actually has a very, very good view of the mountain where the mine is. Uh, And it looks like it is beautifully framed by the silver light of the now rising moon. Uh, Almost lends it an air of malice as it looks almost like the maw of a giant creature waiting to sort of like close in on the city. Uh, but other than that, nothing else of note is really found out here.
5: Okay. Then that's, you know, I can, I will just continue doing it all night because I don't need to sleep.
2: Sure. Um, As everybody's starting to, you know, pull back the covers, climb into bed and, and sort of sink into this wonderful mattress that is stuffed with some of the softest feathers you've ever felt as well as pillows that are fluffed to absolute perfection. Shortly after you get comfortable and start to drift to sleep. You hear a crash somewhere from in the manor, a loud crash. You hear it outside as well, Seeks. Um, and it, it wakes you up. It's that sort of loud boom uh, that just jerks you right awake. Uh, so what does everybody do?
5: I will head in the direction of that sound.
0: Okay. Would. We- Lucille recognize what kind of sound it is. Is like this an explosion. She's very familiar with explosions.
2: It was not an explosion.
0: Uh, Well, she's going to run towards the sound. She's going to hop out of bed and maybe grab her little tool pouch and, you know, zoop, because I don't know, it's clearly something broken and... That's what you do when something's broken. You go and you try to fix it.
2: That's fair. Uh, Violet Drake?
4: Violet's gonna do pretty much the same thing, but with her like little satchel of herbs and remedies and stuff like that to make sure that everybody's okay and nobody's hurt and see what she can do to help.
5: Okay.
3: I'm just gonna gather up my thing. Okay. Head towards it, but at you know, not with the intention of help, just wanted to figure out what's happening.
2: All right. Uh, well, as you make your way in, you see that several other folks have also kind of poked their heads out of the room. Um, looks like mostly everybody's just kind of going back to to sleep. They're like, OK, well, you know, nothing's on fire, so we're good. Uh, but you guys make your way down and seeks you make your way back into the house. Um, and the noise definitely distinctly came from the library. Uh, as you walk in, you see a young tiefling. Uh, who is holding a dustpan and a brush, trying to clear up the bro- a broken vase from the floor. Um, she looks very, very nervous and, and very, very shook, but she seems like that's what fell, and she's trying to clean it up very, very quickly. You all get there about the same time.
5: What do you do? I'm looking around the- to see if there's anything else that could have made that sound, or uh, something else. Was the sound just a breaking thing? Is that what I heard? Or is that not enough to have made the sound I heard? Because I was outside. Make me
2: uh, an investigation or a perception check, whichever one is higher.
5: Lucille is
0: also kind of suspicious that a broken vase wouldn't have made such a loud noise.
2: Yep. Anybody who wants to, to make that check can make that check.
5: 25.
0: I'm going to cast Guidance on myself. <laughs> In the meantime,
4: I would just kind of be chatting up the tiefling girl. Are you okay? Is everything alright? You didn't get cut or anything? Is everything... Are you okay?
2: Oh, oh no, I'm, I'm fine, ma'am. I'm fine. Uh, I'm really sorry to disturb y'all. I didn't mean to wake y'all up. I just... I couldn't see where I was going. It's, it's getting pretty dark and I bumped the table and I knocked the vase off. Um, You can make an insight
5: check if you want. Liz got a 26, by the way. Yep.
0: Okay. And Rossi got a 25, so we're up there.
2: Yep, I'm just waiting for everything else to shake to out before I give descriptions. And that's a natural 20, meaning to 26 from Anna for uh, Insight. All right, so a couple things are very, very clear. Uh, Violet, you know that this young woman is lying. She is lying, lying, lying. Um, so she is... The, the vase was not... What happened isn't as she described it. Yes, the vase is broken, but it wasn't from her bumping into it. Uh, and you can tell her nervousness is directed at something else. Uh, for those of you that made your investigator perception check, you actually notice that the bookshelf uh, that sits behind where the vase is, is completely at an odd angle. Uh, and it looks like several of the books are uh, slightly pulled out of it. Uh almost like they're they're not pushed back like they used like they were when you guys were here just a few hours before.
5: I'm gonna go look on the other side of the bookcase. Especially since Violet is in the middle of probably distracting that kid. Yeah, you look yeah,
4: I'm like it is that so hm well bless your heart, honey. And she just kinda like tries to come Southern Shade. Figure out, yeah.
3: Yeah. <laughs> You've been waiting all game to break out of Buster's Heart,
4: haven't you? She absolutely has. 110%.
5: <laughs> Even I know that that's not good.
2: <laughs> yeah, so uh, she she's, sits there and looks at you, and she's, uh, she's a little shaken back. As you're distracting her, though, you look behind the bookshelf, Seeks, and uh, it's just a normal wall. You kind of move your hand around a little bit, nothing... Seems odd or out of place. There's no, like, hidden doors or anything that you can tell.
0: Uh, Lucille would like to look kind of around the bookcase. Is there any, are there, like, any signs that it's regularly moved, like, scrapes on the floor? Does it seem to have been, is it just this one bookcase?
2: Uh, It's just this one bookcase. And it doesn't look like it's used to being moved. This is big, heavy. Uh, Very clearly, this is what made the loud boom. Um, Somebody tried either to move it or wasn't intending to move it. And it accidentally uh, got off balance somehow and teetered. And that's what made that loud boom, probably as it swung back and hit the wall. And that's also probably why several of the books are askew.
5: Is there anything on top of it that makes it look like it was being climbed on or anything?
2: You know what? Make me a perception check. We'll see as you're looking a little bit closer.
5: Only a 13 this time.
2: Yep. Uh, Nothing that you can see. All right. Who else is doing what? Are you going to interrogate her?
3: Can I get a feel for any kind of magical stuff that might have gone on in there.
2: Do you have detect magic? I don't. You can make an arcana check at a very high DC to see if you can suss out if anything was magical was done.
3: Okay.
0: Uh, you know, Lucille has detect magic. She will cast detect magic whenever y'all
3: resolve this. I got a 10.
2: Yeah, you have no idea. Okay. Um, again, anybody saying anything else to the to the young woman or...
4: I'm going to try and help her, like, help her clean up and, like, try and usher her along and get her the hell out so we can figure out what's going on.
2: Okay. Uh, as you do that and you you sort of clean her up and rush her out, uh, you notice that uh, in her... You know how, like, you have those prairie dresses that have, like, the deep pockets in the front of it? It looks like she's got a book stuffed in there.
4: Okay, so I noticed the book. Does anybody else notice the book? Or can you, I?
2: Anybody I, I don't
4: have a good <laughs> sleight of hand or anything to try and steal.
2: Well, I mean, do you say anything? You're the only one close enough to her. You're the only one really like helping her. Everybody looks like they're looking at other things. You're the only one focused on her.
4: You know, I think I'll just say, you know, like, hey, what you got there? What, what, and... What do you mean? Kind of indicate the book. Oh, in your pocket. Um, yeah, what 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 is that? It's kind of big, isn't it?
2: I'm 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 sorry. Um, I'm really sorry. And she starts like crying a little bit, and takes the book out and, and kind of hands it to you. I'm I'm real sorry. I saw during the party when I was when I was bringing y'all drinks. I I saw I saw Lady Silverhall. She she was real interested in this book, and I just. I wanted to know what, what she was interested in, but it was a little high for me, so I, I had to climb and bump the, oh, the shelf. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm so sorry. Please don't tell the Lord. Please well, don't tell the Lord. I need no, this job.
4: I, I will not tell Lord Burkstaff. Thank you so much for letting me know. I appreciate your honesty. I'm
2: going to inside check I, that. Sure, go ahead and insight check. 100% honest. Her, her fear and crying is real. Uh, her story is 100% ringing with the the air of truth. She very clearly like this book was up high. And now that she's mentioned it, you look up and you see where the book was like would have been. Uh, It looks like there's a book kind of slightly to the side uh, as it fell over, probably from it coming back. And as you look closer, you do see, uh, almost like fingerprints in the, or, or or finger marks in the very, very light layer of dust on the, on sort of the higher shelves. Um, she very clearly was trying to get this book. Uh, do and I hear
5: or sense anyone else coming down?
2: Uh, Perception check. No, you do not. Nope. <laughs> That's a one.
5: <laughs> Seven total. Uh,
2: Violet, as you look at the book, uh, it looks to be a copy of The Beginner's Guide to Ciphers, a study in cryptography by Martin Duskville.
4: Okay, so Huh Now why would Lady Silver need To know beginner's level Book of Cyphers And I At this point I'll like try and Like it's okay girl I won't tell anybody and I'll just kind of like shove her out of the room And kind of Because I know I saw Drake Looking at books and he knows Cyphers and stuff like that so I'll like Hey Drake, what's up?
3: what have you got there violet
4: well she said that she saw the lady silver looking at this book during the party and i believe her so i'm not quite sure what why do you think she she'd need this book i just hand it over to him because <laughs> i don't need a beginner's book first come on
3: interesting what could she be trying to find? Is there anything sticking out about the book? or?
2: Sorry, say that again, please.
3: Is there yeah. anything sticking out about this book or things po- popping up that make me say, oh, okay, this is what what she's Not looking for?
2: really. I mean, it's a cipher thing. So it's basically, uh, it's almost like the old Codebreaker books. So it's how to look for patterns, how to... Uh, break them down, how to look for hidden messages, things like that.
5: From right yeah. behind Drake's head, he hears me say, I don't wish to be rude. May I look over your shoulder at this book? <laughs> you didn't hear me before because I'm in a 19 on my stealth check.
3: <laughs> uh, I'll jump again. Spin around. We got to put a bell around your neck or something. Would you defeat
5: keep the doing
4: That don't you.
2: About this time you hear a commotion coming from the main hallway uh where the grand People staircase is. Uh you hear shouting actually. Uh slightly muffled voice because the door to this this room is fairly thick. Um but you hear distinct two voices, one yelling uh and one uh very timid.
5: Is this a tiefling girl? You don't know.
4: Before we go, I'm gonna take the book from Drake. I'm gonna give him a look. I'm gonna put it in my my herb bag, like pointedly, like I'm taking this with us. Let's go, kind of. All
5: right. That is very interesting.
2: Okay. Do you guys head out into the the main hall, or what are you doing?
5: There's only one way out of this room, isn't there? There is. So I will open the door and step out.
2: Uh, you see Lord Burkstaff on the stairs berating uh, wh- who you now know is Amy O'Hare. Uh, she's very clearly uh, one of the housekeepers here. Uh, and she is crying and apologizing. Not that girl
5: that we just saw, is it? It is. is. It is. It it it? is. Oh,
2: That's God. the tiefling. Uh, and she's crying and it almost looks like she's on her knees pleading with him. Uh, and he hears you very clearly, hears you come out and he... It's almost like he composes himself from what might have been a frothing rage and like smooths his his robes down, uh, takes his hand through his hair and uses him. Fine. Don't break anything else. Understood. And sobbing. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm, I'm so sorry, sir. And she just like gets up and and runs up the before rest of the she stairs. Gets,
5: before she gets too far away. I... Reach out like my hand to, to to touch her on the arm. She stops. Excuse me, you require this job, you said. And I'm trying to be quiet. Like,
2: I mean, he's right, Lord Burkstaff is right there.
5: Yeah, I, I know that.
2: Y- yes, sir. This, this, I need this job. Yes, sir. I give her five gold. Her eyes grow wide. And uh, Lord Burkstaff, I assure you, sir, that that is not necessary. I pay them quite well.
5: well I'm sure you do. But I, did, I make no move to take him back.
2: She she looks very nervously between you and Lord Burkstaff, uh, like her eyes are darting between the two of you, and he nods his head ever so slightly, uh, and she accepts it. Thank, thank you, sir. Thank,
5: thank you. Uh, I, I really like your flower.
2: And she, like runs away.
5: Thank you. Your bookcase moved. And oh. some of your books were displaced.
2: Oh really? And he kinda like narrows his eyes and wa- like walks past you, uh, stops, turns and said, Thank you, and goes into the library.
4: And uh, I, I I quick like oh my god oh no that that was me I, uh, I was looking for a book on, uh, uh the, the herbs of mountains and I, it was me. I'm, I'm real sorry. You, oh. you know, I, you, I, I, know you get your lavender from me on a regular basis. So, uh, that is incredibly plausible.
2: Oh, well then no, no worries. Then I, I apologize if, uh, if you weren't able to find what you were looking for, um, Anybody who's looking at Lord Burkstaff can make a uh, perception check, please. Two 15s. Nobody got a (laughs) nobody got an 18. Nope. Okay. He he nods to you and turns to walk up back up the stairs. Well, then I apologize for any inconvenience that my uh, servant may have caused. Please uh, rest, relax and enjoy the rest of your evening. If you require anything, please just let one of the help know. Uh, And as he goes to walk up the stairs, you notice that uh, uh, anybody who got a 15 notices that there is a a small dark stain on the back of his left shoe as he's walking up the stairs.
0: Is he walking normally without any sign of pain or irritation or anything like that? Yes.
2: Quite quite normal. So what do you guys do?
4: After he's gone, I hand the back the book back to Drake.
3: Now let's see what could be going on around him. Why was he so that I was, I was a little extra mad for the help.
5: She should leave immediately. She is not safe here. But unfortunately, As... I did not know of a better way to do, imply that information to her.
2: As you are talking to each other, you hear a very loud thump uh, from upstairs. It sounds like it's almost directly above you. Uh, something just hits the floor hard.
5: I am going to go up there, but I'm going to be stealthy. Go ahead. 18.
2: Yep. Anybody else moving up the stairs? Anybody else trying to be stealthy?
4: I'm going up the stairs, but I'm incredibly not stealthy.
0: Also going up the stairs, I will try to be stealthy because I see Seeks (laughs) being stealthy but I'm I'm a little stealthy
3: go for it I'll follow but I'm not going to make I'm going to walk quietly but not (laughs) stealthy
2: Blue, you're still riding Bluebell and you realize that horseshoes on hardwood probably isn't the quietest probably no (laughs) one notices me Nope your 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 footsteps are absolutely silent.
0: Everyone else is making so much noise. No one else is. No one's going to notice. you. Yeah. For the listeners at home, I rolled a one. <laughs> uh,
2: you guys make your way up the stairs, uh, and it looks very much like it did before. There's a. Um, The moonlight's filtering in and gives almost everything a blue hue. And as you make your way into the hallway uh, upstairs, you do notice that the room almost directly above where the library is, the door is slightly ajar. Nobody else seems to be in the hallway. None of the other uh, folks seem to have paid it any mind. Probably they are in a deep slumber by now from the fact of how much they had to drink and the fact that it is already starting to get a little bit late. It's probably about midnight-ish around this time. What do you guys do?
5: I will look in the door. You push... the jar.
2: Do you look in or do you push it. in?
5: I look in. I don't open the door. I don't touch it.
2: Uh, make me a perception check at disadvantage, then, please.
5: Okay. That's seven.
2: All right. Uh, you don't notice anything while looking through the crack in the door. And everybody else, you see basically the same thing. You see Sikhs uh, kind of trying to peer in through the crack of uh, one of the bedroom doors. That's ajar.
5: I step away from the door. Look at the three of them. Look at the door. Look at the three of them. I look relatively unsure as to what I should do at this point.
4: I kind of whisper and say, well, what'd you see?
5: I saw nothing. This one is unsure as to how to proceed. It would be rude to simply enter every room as if I w- as, as I wish, but something is wrong here.
0: And shouldn't we just ask if everyone's okay? why are we at? Out- are we whispering like this?
5: Because if something is wrong, that means that we are here under false pretenses and our host could have ill intentions towards us.
4: Well, I don't think anybody has any ill intentions toward me, but you never know. But if I go in first, I'm sure it'll be all right, right? And I'll just go in.
5: Okay, Okay. I I step aside so she can get past me.
2: As you open the door, uh, you are greeted with a scene of what can only be described as pure object horror. As you see... Uh, one of the nobles of the guests, uh, nobles from the guest list, uh, Lady Harriet Lockwell, laying on the floor in a pool of her own blood. Uh, it, her lifeless body uh, seems to be just draining its blood into the owl bear rug that centers on her, centers her room.
4: Oh my, <laughs> that's not good. Um, and. I'll just kind of stand there and wait for somebody else to come in because I'm just the like door. horrified. Is
2: as, the door
0: completely open?
2: As Harry, as yeah. Violet walks in, the door continues to swing the rest of the way open, and you all see the same scene unfold uh, from looking around her.
0: Interesting. Uh, Lu- Lucille's okay. going to run in and see if she is alive.
2: Okay uh so what i'm going to need you to do is i'm going to need you to make a reflex save for me please
5: or uh, a deck save sorry a deck save
2: sorry i play too many additions
5: yep <laughs> i was just thinking that
0: What <laughs> one again oh my god
2: all right let's see what happens to you we <laughs> okay Uh, so what winds up happening here is as you step into the room, uh, you hit a floorboard uh, that sort of gives way and the door swings shut behind, uh, behind you. Violet, I need you to make a deck save to see if you get knocked out of the room or if you're going to try to stay into the room. Uh, basically if you succeed, you get to tell me where you wind up. If not, I get to choose. I get to choose. Is this considered
5: is this considered an attack on either of them
2: nope it's a it is a trap springing uh, okay so as that happens you see Violet gets knocked to the side but lands inside of the room uh, and the door locks behind you You can hear a very audible like chunk sound as bands or something inside of the door uh, expand to bar your way. Uh, you try the door behind you, Violet, and, uh, it's not budging. And the room, the fireplace, the small fireplace almost seems to grow, uh, two, three, four, five times as big, and it starts to get exceedingly hot in this room. Uh, so what I'm going to need you both to do is to make a constitution saving throw, uh, And we're going to see if you wind up taking any damage from this trap.
4: I'm sorry. I need help on how to do that. Is that a D20?
2: D20 plus at the top. It's a D20 plus whatever your uh, save is. It'll be in the upper left-hand side of your sheet. Should have all of your stats with a plus. So in your case, you are a constitution save of plus two. So D20 plus two.
4: Thank you. Twenty-three. Okay. I got a natural one and a three total. Well, thankfully,
2: there are no critical failures on saves, except death saves. Uh, So you will take ten points of damage as the uh, room gets unbearably hot. Uh, Lucille will only take five. And now everybody can roll initiative, and we can see the order of who is going to be doing what. This is also the outside of the room. Okay, so we've got a nineteen.
3: Grant nineteen.
2: it seventeen? Anna at 17, and Rossi at 9.
5: Okay. Not so, representing monks very well today on the initiative roll.
2: It's, I think that's okay. Uh, so we are going to start with Drake. Drake, what do you do? You hear uh, sort of the click of the door, and you feel the heat from here. What do you
3: do? Um... Uh... There's nothing else, like, happening around. It's just that that one door slammed shut.
2: That one door yeah. slammed shut. Nothing else seems reacting. Nobody else seems to be reacting.
3: I'm going to try... The door is closed, locked. Yes. Right? Yep. Then I'm going to blast the door handle with an Eldritch Blast.
2: Okay, roll me some damage.
3: I'll let it.
2: Okay, the lock doesn't completely disintegrate. Uh, It does does look like it took some pretty major damage, uh, but otherwise looks like it's still intact. So that means next up on our list is going to be, I believe... Oh, you both are tied for dexterity scores. So you get to, I'm going to let you decide who goes first. Uh, either Lucille or Violet.
0: You go on, Liz. Uh, Lucille wants to see if she can open the lock because, Despite this eh, pool of blood and all these bad things happening, it's like she was worried about the woman on the floor, but now she's worried about everyone. So she's going to... She's proficient in both Tinker's tools and Thieves' tools, and she has both of them.
2: Okay. Uh, So go ahead and make me a proficiency check then. I
0: think that's a straight 1d20 plus.
2: Plus proficiency, yep.
0: Uh, That's a 19.
2: Uh, So you think you would have gotten it. Uh, but it looks like some of the tumblers have been damaged, uh, so you actually can't get the tools in completely all the way uh, to get the last set of them to move them. Looks like they may have all almost been fused in place. Uh, for,
0: Thanks, Corey. For
2: those at home, uh, the DC to pick the lock was only going to be a 15, but with Corey's Eldritch Blast not actually completely destroying the door, uh, that the lock, uh, it raised it to a 20, and Liz only got a
3: 19. I don't know much about a warlock, but I'm pretty sure that I'm supposed to be always casting Eldritch Blast.
2: I mean, it's pretty much the answer for almost everything. Almost. You found the one use case where it's not.
0: I mean, All it right. would have been a good idea if it blasted the
2: door open. Okay. Uh, so now you're up, Violet.
4: Um, Can I cantrip uh, Druidcraft to snuff out a candle torch or campfire?
2: So we're going to do this a little bit different because this is a a magical trap. Um, I'm going to let you try, uh, but we're going to do a roll off to see how successful it is. So I want you to roll a d20 uh, and I'm going to roll a d20. And if you get higher than me, you're able to extinguish it.
4: Oh, no, I got a 10.
2: And I rolled a natural 20.
4: (gasps) No! (laughs)
2: Um, You try uh, and it basically, instead of putting out the flame, turns it into a sauna. Uh, So now it is muggy and hot as well. So you got that sticky wet feeling. Uh so there you go. On the layer turn, you are each going to take two points of fire damage as the temperature complete continues to rise. And does
0: bluebell take okay I have a question because Bluebell's with me and I haven't put damage on, on bluebell.
2: You can transfer damage to her, I believe.
0: I don't think so. I'm just wondering if she should take damage as well.
2: We'll say that she's mechanical enough. It's not quite hot enough.
0: Okay. She doesn't have a lot of health.
2: Yeah. We'll say it's not hot enough to really hurt her so much. She doesn't really seem to notice. Okay. So. All right. And that's going to bring it up to Seek's turn. Seek, what do you do?
5: There's a round symbol, like two, like an arrowhead. Then it goes around in a circle to another arrowhead and several other lines on my forehead. It begins to glow and the backs of my hands glow. I step back 10 feet and from 10 feet away, I punch the door three times. Okay. Using uh, radiant sun bolt. All right. How much damage? Do I just roll damage?
2: Yep. It's a door. It doesn't really have an armor class. Although maybe that'll be my next uh, homebrew monster, the door with a high armor class.
3: Could be a mimic of a door. A door mimic.
5: (laughs) 19 total.
2: Okay. That's enough to absolutely shatter the door. Um, It splinters in, and as soon as that threshold is breached, as soon as that door is gone, you inside the room, you notice that the fireplace reduces in size and goes back to normal. Uh, but you do notice that the uh, body of the victim has been charred and uh, roasted. Jake's lips.
5: I'm assuming, therefore, the blood that was pulled up is also incinerated?
3: Correct. Does it leave any residue behind?
2: Uh, It's no, not really. It looks Is like there they... any? Go ahead.
0: Is there any clue here as to what killed her? Like any um, obvious weapons or weapon marks, or find someone else within in here?
2: So, any of you pretty good with healing?
5: I have a plus three medicine.
2: Yeah, who's got the highest medicine check?
4: I have six I have... medicine. That
2: beats mine. Yeah, so I think Violet would probably be the best candidate.
5: I will help Violet so she gets advantage on her roll.
2: There you go. Guidance <laughs> and a guidance.
0: <laughs> guidance gives you guidance. Will give you an extra one d four to add to your roll.
4: Yeah, give me a second. I have to look at everything.
2: No, you're fine.
0: Are the balcony doors still
5: closed? You get to roll again. And take the higher roll.
2: Yeah, because you only rolled 1d20. Oh, I, th-
4: I thought that's what the k1 was. Okay, never mind. Yeah,
5: that's two, it has be 2d20.
4: Oh, okay, okay, okay.
2: And you get to add a well, d4. So you can do a yeah. roll d4.
5: Okay. So you get a 12 total.
4: 12,
2: yeah. Not enough to determine what caused uh, her death. It was a lot of blood, so you would imagine that it was some form of uh, puncture or slice of some type uh, for there to be that much blood on the floor when you first got in here. But now it's really hard to determine because the, the skin's already starting to to flake and crack. Uh, you've seen burn victims before. It's awful. Uh, so if there was any identifying marks, you you just don't have the skill to find them.
5: This one is not particularly sanguine to discover the room I was told to sleep in could at any moment suddenly do that. This one is Rooms. glad one does, this one does not sleep.
0: Rooms aren't supposed to do that. Do we? we think every room is like this? Why would someone make a room like this?
2: About this time, you hear a blood curdling scream from far down the hallway. Uh, loud, piercing, uh, just completely cuts through your conversation. Uh,
0: I don't like the sound of this.
3: <sighs> Can I make an Arcana check on the body to see if I would re- still recognize any like ritual preparations or anything?
2: Sure. It'll. It's going to be a pretty high DC because of the charred body. But go ahead. Go right ahead. Eight. He no clue.
5: <laughs> going to head really down the hallway towards the screen.
3: And feel okay. less good yes at figuring things out.
5: Very good at scaring small children. Yes, good job.
3: <laughs> and constables.
5: <laughs>
2: okay. I
0: mean, he's a gnome, so he's also he was also kind of a small child.
2: And you are relatively confident That that is exactly the room That you heard the scream come from Was the one that you saw Constable uh, Custard go into um,
5: I'm heading that way okay. Lucille is also heading
0: that way riding right. on a bluebell.
4: Violet's heading that way But she's behind everybody else Because she's not going to be the first one Into this room <laughs>
2: Okay, uh, you reach the door uh, where you are 100% confident this is where the scream came from. It is fully closed. Uh, It does not appear to be ajar like the other one.
5: Okay, I will touch the doorknob. Does it appear to be openable?
2: Uh, You move the handle. It definitely turns. Looks like it's
5: not locked. Push the door open.
2: Okay. A perfectly serene room greets you. Uh, The four poster bed looks a little rumpled uh, as far as it looks like somebody was sleeping in it at one point. Uh, The writing table and chair undisturbed Uh, looks like the footlocker is still intact. The wardrobe has not been opened uh, and it looks like the owl bear rug is still sitting in the middle of the room. Uh, for those of you looking inside or entering, I would need an investigation check, and just let me know if you are entering or not, so that I can determine your DC.
0: Lucille's being cautious, and not going in, but uh, she wants to see what she can see, and I'm using guidance.
3: Okie dokie. What did what had you done in the last room, just before thing um, heated up?
5: I got a seven, and I wasn't going in, so I got nothing. Okay. I
0: Lucille.
2: Yeah. Lucille. you'll notice, as you're peeking in around everybody, a little nervous to kind of go into the room, uh, you notice that s- smack dab in the center of the owlbear rug uh, is Constable Custard's deputy badge. Um, oh, no, he wouldn't
0: just leave that. You see, he's... His constable, his deputy badge did you say? Yep. His deputy badge is on the rug. He wouldn't just leave that behind?
4: No, he wouldn't. He was awfully fond of that thing, wasn't he?
0: Always polishing it up real nice.
5: Interesting that a noble of this town and then the town's law enforcement representative have both died. Well, I don't know that the constable is dead. I should not say that. This one is concerned.
2: Alright, is anybody going in the room or doing anything else?
3: I'll go in the room.
5: I am okay, making sure that that door can't just slam shut on him.
3: Because I'm naturally a little bit more resistant to flames.
2: Okay, uh, what do you do? You are inside the room. The door does not appear to shut behind you.
3: Okay. I'm gonna pick up the badge.
2: As you do so, uh, you notice that one of the owl bear rug arms uh, lashes up and wraps completely around your arm. I need you to make me a strength check, please.
5: Oh, I'm very. I can't bad. believe you didn't use prestidigitation to do
3: this. <laughs> <laughs> Could pick have picked that, that up from. <laughs> Thirteen.
2: Uh, that's enough. You are actually not uh, held in place. You barely break away uh, as you that see barely. the owl. As you see the owl bear rug start to to writhe and shift, uh, and it looks like several eyes pop up, not where you would expect the owl bear's eyes to be. Uh, looks like the fur starts to recede and become almost fleshy uh, and it looks like the head of the owl bear rug distends uh, and almost like a, a an ancient horror uh, as a tongue and eye stalks pop out uh, and you are now need to roll initiative as you are facing a wonderfully wonderfully owl bearish mimic
3: could I use hellish rebuke because uh... it's grabbed me? It, it says was, it has to be damaging.
2: An, it was not yeah, a damaging you. attack. Oh, And uh, Let me know what you guys got for your initiatives. Not uh, Anna
5: and I both got 11s. 22. Corey's at a 22 and uh, Liz is at a 16. Okay.
2: And let's see what our boy is at. That's not great. Uh, so everybody gets to go first. Uh, starting with Corey, what does Drake do as this thing rears up uh, and almost looks like it's wearing the deputy badge?
3: Yep. Um, I'm going to back up and hit it with uh, Eldritch Blast. Okay.
2: Uh, go ahead and make me an attack roll, please, with plus seven, because that is your bonus. Uh, it like ricochets off of this thing's flesh. You're not quite sure what happened, uh, but it definitely did not seem to take purchase. Uh, Lucille, you're up.
0: Um, how far away from it am I? Uh,
2: like 15 feet. Not very far. Um, I am
0: going to shoot it with my musket.
2: Alright. Make me an attack roll, please.
0: That's Ooh. a 25 to
2: hit. That uh, that decidedly hits this thing's center mass. Uh, go ahead and roll me some damage, please.
0: Uh, that's a 12 for damage.
2: Eight. A- Palpable hit uh, This thing sort of reels back And this like guttural unnatural noise Emanates from it You definitely heard it It's like uh, And it sort of refocuses A couple of its eye stalks onto you uh, I believe Let's see what seeks agility uh, Seeks you get to go first
0: uh, Hang on Hang on uh, Bluebell actually gets her own turn And it oh, immediately it. follows mine
2: Absolutely go for it.
0: Uh, I'm going to slip off I'm going to slip off Bluebell and Bluebell's gonna run in and do run in and do a force-empowered rend attack on it. Go for it. That's a 10
5: to hit. It probably
2: doesn't. It does not. It glances off of its skin.
5: Now Seeks may go. Okay, I'm going to the thing with my forehead again, and I'm going to attack from here, since there's no reason to get closer to it. All right. Um, Yeah, three attacks.
2: Make those rolls for me, please.
5: Sorry, my bad. That's first attacks of twelve. Yep, that hits. I'm gonna roll twice more.
2: That's also a hit. Uh, it's also a hit, so 12, 22, and 23 all hit. Please okay. roll me some damage.
5: First, he needs to make a con save, because I'm spending a key point to do a stunning strike on it.
2: Okay, what is the uh, DC, please? 14. Uh, he has succeeded. okay. I'm just, you figuring out the damage? There we go.
5: Six, six, and eight total.
2: So 20 more damage.
5: Okay.
2: It is looking very chewed up as you see chunks of this thing's flesh start to sort of slough off.
5: Uh, I'm now going to, oh no, I can't. Because you already spent a key point, yep. No, No, that's uh, not why. I I did a bonus attack so I can't then use my bonus action to do something else because I already used it to add.
2: Correct. Okay. That leaves Violet up.
4: Um, <laughs> I would last and I'm still like, oh no, I don't know what I want to do. Um, I think I'm just going to run up and hit it with my rifle like a club. Because okay. I don't know what else to do. I'm just like, ah! Uh,
2: <laughs> go ahead and make me an attack
5: roll, please. I don't think it matters, but those hits are dravian damage.
2: It does not make a difference, no.
4: Oh, I got a five.
2: Decidedly does not hit. Uh, So, yeah, this thing's going to go. Let's see who has earned its ire. Uh, It does not like the monk. Uh, It is going to try very, very, very hard to reach you. Uh, So it's going to Brush past both uh, Lucille, Anna, uh, or Violet, and how far away were you? Did you move away, Drake?
3: Just fifteen feet, or okay. to the edge of the room? Back so up to the edge.
0: Just
2: you'll get an attack of opportunity. Uh, Not- the
0: steel defender has a reaction it can use. Okay. If it's moving out of its melee. Uh, it can impose disadvantage on the attack roll of one creature it can see that is within five feet of it.
2: Okay, so it's going to impose disadvantage. Gotcha. Uh, yeah. And you get uh, attacks of opportunity.
3: Can I use a bonus action with that to make cast on my uh, cane?
2: No. Nope. Bonus actions are on your turn, you have, not reactions.
0: You have to. It will be listed. The underreaction on your... No, not, not a... I'm saying this wrong. Never mind. Ignore me.
2: So, again, Violet and Lucille, you can't make attacks an opportunity. So just go ahead and roll to hit. See if you hit.
4: Natural one.
2: That is a critical failure. <laughs> uh, the 19 will hit. You can go ahead and roll some damage.
4: So I probably whacked myself in the shin with my uh, rifle there. (laughs) I did a 17.
2: This thing is looking very chewed up. Uh, It is not happy. It's going to make its desperate last attacks on the monk, though. So let's see. What is your AC? Your AC is 18. All right. But I have disadvantage. Uh, That will actually still hit with disadvantage. Uh, so you are going to take nine points of bludgeoning damage and you are grappled. Okay. Which means now it gets rid of the disadvantage for its bite attack because you are grappled, which negates the disadvantage. Which also hits. And you will take eight points of damage as this thing chomps into you. And it is going to try to use its last... Option, which is a bonus since it hit with both attacks, and try to devour you. You need to make a strength DC or uh, strength save throw, please.
5: Okay. 18.
2: Yep, you break free of this thing's grasp as it tries to sort of envelop around you. Um, You get the idea that this thing is trying to wrap itself around you to try to eat you, as you see, uh, almost like it opens up and like dripping acid inside of it uh, is just trying to get at you. But you're you're able to move away uh, and break its bond quick enough uh, that it can't quite get a full grip on you. Which brings us to the top of the order, and Drake, you are up. Okay.
3: Uh then I'm gonna cast Shillelagh on my cane and haul up and try and hit it.
5: Okay. Why?
3: Well the Eldritch Blast didn't do anything.
5: Because you didn't hit him. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I heard that it went careening off, so that just it, makes me think.
5: It's just how he described it. You rolled You rolled poorly. Low and did not hit him.
3: I know but drake doesn't
4: know that (laughs) heck yeah corey punch him in the face
2: (laughs) go ahead and roll an attack roll then and see what happens yeah that hits go ahead and roll me some uh shillelagh damage punch him in the
4: face with your
2: shillelagh seven that's a pretty good hit uh this thing is looking like it is on death's door um, it doesn't quite uh, go down, but it is now starting to move very, very slowly. Uh, it's not; it's having trouble keeping its shape. Uh, it's looking a little more amorphous. Uh, so now this brings us back to Lucille. Lucille, what do you do? Shoot it. Sally, forth and take the shot. That hits. Nineteen. Uh, so we're going to do something that I have not done before. Uh, that is enough to kill this creature. So, Lucille, finish it. How does your shot land? How does this thing die?
0: Is it, like, literally in the shape of an owlbear still?
2: Kind of vaguely in an owlbear shape.
0: Does it have, like, a
2: face? It does. It has a face.
0: Then I'm going to shoot it, like, right between the eyes. And if it has a face, it has that, like, cartoon-like look of disbelief and shock before it like collapses <laughs> uh,
2: and as you do you see this thing sort of like start to fall apart uh, as it in disbelief it stares at what like the eye stocks move in to look at the crater that was its face uh, and it just sort of dissolves into almost like a goo uh, a very clear jelly uh, and inside you see Uh, Of this clear jelly, a gnomish skeleton, Uh, fully intact, still still together, uh, but just stripped of all meat completely uh, laying on the floor.
0: No, I mean, maybe he wasn't a great sheriff, but he didn't deserve this.
2: And I'm going to need anybody who's in the hallway, please, to make a perception or investigation check, whichever is higher.
0: I think I'm still in the hallway. Yeah,
5: it's
0: Bluebell who's in the fifteen.
2: Okay, I can I can do an investigation.
0: You can do an investigation. Twenty-four.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Dang. Yeah, I you are. I didn't
0: even have guidance for that.
2: Uh, so two things you do notice. Uh, first, the deputy badge is still laying on the ground, perfectly pristine and preserved. Um, so you can. Grab that if you want, Uh, and as you're looking at the remains of Constable Custard, you notice on the ground, on the wood, uh, it looks like there are drag marks, uh, almost as if uh, something was dragged with uh, maybe three foot apart lines, Uh, and it looks like as you're watching and looking, you've traced them back, and it looks like it's going back to one of the other bedrooms, and you look further, and it looks like there are other drag marks, uh, and it looks like it's going to all of the guest bedrooms.
0: Um, everyone, do you? I'm gonna point out the drag marks, and something something has been dragged through here, away from everywhere. Man, right, so
2: that's what
5: you guys see.
4: Well, that doesn't look good. Does anybody hurt? Do you need healing or medicine or anything like
5: This one has felt better.
4: Um, I'll healing word you at second level. and get back 11.
5: This one is appreciative.
2: Okay. Uh, so you do notice as you're looking through that the drag marks look like they lead to uh, the stairway, uh, which at, is carpeted. So after you get to the carpet, you kind of lose track of it. But it does look like it is distinctly heading back towards the, the main manor stairway.
0: Lucille is going to tell Bluebell to pick up the badge and come over, and she's going to get back on Bluebell.
2: Okay. Both of those things happen.
0: Is it stairs back and down to the main floor, or do the stairs go up?
2: Back down to the main floor. You are on the second floor. The only thing above you is the the attic, which does not appear to be uh, disturbed at this time.
5: There's drag marks to every single one of these rooms?
2: Yep, or as you are looking at it, you're guessing from the rooms. To this room that we were just in? No, to the stairs.
5: Okay. I'm going to look in one of the rooms. I'll open the door if I have to.
2: Yep. You open the door to one of the bedrooms. This is where you saw the brothers go in uh, for the evening. Uh, looks like there's nothing here. Uh, bed is slightly rumpled, uh, but no signs of a disturbance, no signs of uh, any sort owl of rug. There is an owlbear rug.
5: It's still there?
2: It is still there.
5: Okay, I'm gonna close the door. There's no one in this room. Except possibly a homicidal rug. <laughs> how come I think
3: how come the first rug didn't attack us, but the second one did?
5: Technically this is the first rug was in a room that was then caught on fire.
0: I mean, there was a dead body, probably dead body on the first rug, so something could have been weird about it.
5: Right. Shall we continue on our possibly unwise investigatory path? I
0: think we have to find out what happened to these people. We
5: can't just...
0: So that means following these... Tracks in this creepy murder house.
2: Okay, you follow down the stairs uh, to where you you basically are assuming that the track marks are leading, and you see more of the drag marks on the uh, the bottom floor uh, that you hadn't noticed before, and it looks like they're leading off towards the dining area. Do you proceed?
3: Yeah, carefully. I,
0: Lucia, would like to check for traps.
2: Absolutely.
3: Whatever the next
0: doorway is.
2: Perception. Can I check. just
0: roll for thieves tool? Uh, thie- perception or would it be thieves tools?
2: Uh we'll go thieves tools, but you get you uh you get your proficiency.
0: That's a seven.
2: None that you can see.
0: <sighs> I tried.
2: Okay. Uh you proceed through the door, nothing happens. Dining room looks perfectly normal. Drag marks continue. Um, but I mean my perfectly normal is it looks very much the same as it did earlier. You don't see anything out of place. All of the chairs are still in there. Um, nothing looks like it's out of the ordinary aside from the drag marks that you still follow. And it looks like they lead back towards the kitchen area.
0: Are the drag marks like blood or are they just, you know, disturbance it, on the floor?
3: It looks often? like,
2: have you, ever, have you ever walked on a hardwood floor and like scuffed it? And you have sort of like that—that yeah. that mark that's left behind. That's what's happened here.
0: Okay. I mean, they could be fine, but they wouldn't have gone this way on their own.
4: There have been a lot of disturb, uh, disappearances in this area lately. I'm—I'm I'm not too confident about what's we're going to find.
5: So we are heading into the basement of this place. Well. You haven't. Quite,
2: you're still in the dining room. You haven't moved to the kitchen yet.
0: I'll try to check for traps on the next door too. Okay,
2: uh, go ahead.
4: I kind of heard ominous organ music when she said that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you're all stealing my thunder. That's a
0: twenty-two.
2: Uh, you are 100 percent confident this door is safe. There is no no traps or anything that you can see. you opening the door
0: I will open the door
2: as you do so I need everybody to make a constitution saving throw not for damage but for effect so please make a con check
5: for me is the effect anything that I am immune to or resistant to Uh,
2: you can make it at advantage
0: I got a 17.
3: Lucille got a 16. Okay.
5: I is got this
3: going to be like we open the door and there's going to be some horrific sight in the kitchen? We've been eating ourselves or something?
5: Nope. Eight failed.
2: Okay. Uh, it is a scene of abject horror, just like you were expecting. Uh, it looks like all of the staff have been butchered or are hanging from meat hooks. Uh, the floor is slick with the thick, thick coagulation of blood. Uh, it has been at least long enough that it has started to turn black. Uh, it looks like there are various skeletons and flies and maggots all over Where's the that place. woman had left. Yeah. You see her actually strapped down to the main table of the kitchen. Uh, it looks almost like an altar. Uh, she is missing her head, her hands, uh she has been vivisected open and looks like several of her organs have been pulled out. Uh and your constitution saves are to keep from ha- having a visceral reaction. Violet, you wretch. This is the most horrible thing you have ever seen. Uh you are still a living creature, Seeks, and this is you don't but this disturbs you to your very core to the point where you are starting to feel a sensation you have never felt before Uh, whether it's unease or uh, squeamishness you don't know Uh, but it's almost as if your body wishes to not be here almost like it wants to expel uh, anything you have have been around in this house from your presence Uh, fascinating
5: this is repulsive
2: and as you are looking around and as you see uh, sort of this this scene unfold, you do see that there is a stairway at the back that looks like it leads down possibly to the root cellar or wine cellar of this place. Uh, and very clearly the blood is flowing that direction. Um, whatever isn't completely solidified or almost jelly is moving almost as if it's on its own accord towards that stairway. Are
0: there a number of bodies are meaty part things that would match the number of people here who were here
2: so you notice and you take stock it matches the exact number of servants you've seen plus uh, probably oh. one or two which probably were like the cooking staff uh, but oh. you do not see an indication of the guests oh
0: I'll note this to the rest of the party doesn't look like there aren't enough here to be the guests.
3: Can I make a arcana check on what they might have been going for here, especially with the ritual preparation of the one in the middle?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Go right ahead.
3: <laughs> oh, um, man, I'm bad at this. <laughs> I'm gonna
2: let you. I'm gonna let you do it with advantage because you stole that book earlier, right?
0: I'm going to cast guidance on you because I see you're trying to figure something out. That means you can roll an extra one D4 and add it to this.
3: Okay. A 16.
2: Uh, Yes. This actually seems like it was done almost ritualistically. Um, You look at the pieces that are missing, like it's, it's horrible, but it's, it's not worse than anything you've seen, which is saying something. Uh, But you notice that the organs that are missing tend to be associated with power or spirit, uh, removing the heads that's probably something to do with the the mind or the the preserving the thoughts or something like that. It seems to match And as you're looking at it, things from the book start to click and make sense. Uh, when they were talking about like ritualistically sacrificing, there was a preparation part that was being noted where living people of these tribes, would consume the willing flesh of uh, adepts or people that were devoted to the god uh, to sort of take it into themselves. They weren't themselves the sacrifice, but they were sort of giving themselves to the followers for the next step. And as you look at these bodies, you notice that aside from the tiefling girl, there isn't any sign of struggle.
3: A lot of these people here don't show any defensive actions taken on their part. This is almost like they wanted to be sacrificed. It's part of part of what we could <sighs> expect from rituals like this.
5: Seems. I feel as seven. if a dog barked over my grave. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Lucio would like to cast Detect Magic. Magic and see if anything magical. Is there are any magical trace in here with something magical involved in doing this?
2: Go right ahead and make me a uh, uh, check if you're gonna. If you're, or unless you're just going to cast detect magic. That's what she's. I'm checking. just
0: going to cast detect magic yeah.
2: Okay, so go ahead and do that. And what's going to wind up happening is you see a faint glow of uh, necromantic magic over all of the corpses, like every single one. of those very, very faint. Um, you can't see anything else, uh, but as you look through the room, you notice that at the stairs, uh, at the back, there is a very bright, uh, very, uh, lit aura uh, as far as coming from down there. And it's very magical. Well, I will
0: pass this on to everyone. There's a lot of necromantic magic here and there's more downstairs.
3: Yeah, that would track with everything else that uh, looks like something going on here. Our Lord Birchwood is up to uh, something very shady. And if he's hosting this party every five years, that would mean that it lines up pretty consistently with the disappearances in there in the region and what this book talks about in terms of sacrifices. I think we found probably a big part of why people go missing.
2: Alright, so what do you guys do?
5: Head down the stairs. There's no other path.
2: Okay, before you head down the stairs, is anybody doing anything else or looking for anything else? I just need to know before I start describing the next scene.
5: If, If you wish to look for traps, I will wait until you have done so. Oh, that's a really good idea.
0: <laughs> I will check for traps on the stairs and doorway down.
2: Go ahead and make me a check, please. That's a
0: nine. You're pretty
2: Could confident have yourself. <laughs> you can you can roll that that guidance as well.
0: That
5: puts it up to a (laughs) twelve. It twelve is better
2: than nine. Yeah, it doesn't look like there's any traps here. You're, you're also relatively confident with the level of magic that's been thrown around and level of sacrifice going with what Drake told you. They probably didn't assume that somebody would come this far, or get this far. So
0: was even alive.
2: (laughs) Before you lies a deep stairwell descending into the cellar beneath the manor. Blood stains the tattered wooden stairs, while upturned barrels, crates, shelves, and sacks litter the corners of a dusty room below. Uh, You see another door marked with arcane sigils. Uh, It looks like a mix of infernal and primordial, uh, and it looks like some divine languages as well, all mixed together. Uh, You hear muffled shouting and maniacal laughter from a voice you all know too well. The charismatic, caring, charitable old high elf known as Lord Birkenstaff. As your feet meet the cold, twisting floor of the cellar, you see, just past this door as it swings open, almost anticipating you, humanoid form standing in front of a monstrous, pulsating wall of flesh. He turns to you, arcane energy crackling at his fingertips, and he smiles and laughs. <laughs>, <laughs> so you came of your own accord excellent 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 <laughs> and you see the rest of the guests almost as if they're uh in a zombified state blood coating them as if they had just consumed themselves uh or consumed and themselves on the flesh of those above them and they are flinging themselves into this wall of flesh and as they do so uh it's sort of Started almost as if it was like an ethereal flesh, not quite here, not quite fully on this plane of existence, but as they go, they dissolve, they disappear, and this thing takes on a more corporeal form, tentacles start to form, it starts to pulse as if it has a beating heart, and everybody needs to roll initiative.
3: Fifty.
2: Okay, Corey's at a 15. Looks like Liz got a 5. Anna is at a 13. And Rossi's at an 11 again. Okay. Uh, So nobody got above a 20, so this thing is going to take a layer action. Uh, It is going to try to lash out with its tentacles. Uh, It is going to try to make an attack at 3 of you. It is going to be Violet... Lucille and Drake. Uh, Drake, you are going to get hit. It misses Violet. And it hits Lucille. Uh, it is going to try to drag you into it, so you need to each make a strength check, please.
0: Can I use. Can I use shield to increase my AC and miss it?
2: Why, yes, you can.
0: Then I will use shield, which puts my AC up to 21.
2: It misses you barely as it deflects at the last second, uh, like it can't completely wrap itself around.
5: Okay, I need to ask something. Yes? This is an attack?
2: This is a layer action.
5: Okay, that's all I need to know.
2: Cool. Uh, you managed to actually hold on, Anna. Uh, Corey, on the other hand, Drake gets, starts getting dragged towards this thing as a a maw starts to appear and as it opens itself up wide you see a pulsating necromantic heart that's probably about as tall as uh, four of you stacked on top of each other it looks vaguely purple and black dripping with ichor uh, as it starts to drag you towards it you have a round before you will be in this thing's mouth uh, which brings us to your turn
3: my turn yep fireball
2: you're gonna fireball it
3: Gonna fireball the heart.
2: All right, <laughs> roll me some damage, please.
3: It can't resist oh, it. No,
2: it can try, but you don't know that. You get to you have to roll okay. damage and tell me what you get. Thirty-one. Okay. Uh, this thing is not exactly dexterous as one would not expect from a wall of flesh, and that definitely makes a hit. As you see, this thing start to singe and sizzle. Uh, as it does so, it lets out an inhuman scream uh, that just sort of shatters your, your nerves and, and pierces through you. Uh, it does manage to let go of you. Uh, you hit its threshold for damage in order to make it recoil. Uh, it does not look too damaged from it as new ethereal flesh replaces the old burnt corporeal flesh and starts to slowly start to, to heal itself over. Uh, Next up is going
3: uh, to 20 foot radius on the fireball. Would it have caught the Lord Birchwood at the same time?
2: Well, that's interesting. You should mention that as you look over at him, it looks like he's almost completely ethereal. Uh, Which now brings us to Violet. Violet, you have a gibbering horror in front of you that looks like it is trying to enter this plane of existence while eating people.
4: Um, I am going to wild shape myself into a mountain lion. I'm going to use the, uh, staff of a lion.
2: Okay. A wild shape is a bonus action, so you can still attack and do whatever.
4: And then I'm going to hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Um, is someone within five feet of the thing?
2: Mm Cor- drake was probably about 10 feet away give or take so nobody's nobody's within there for pack tactics yet or pack bonus or anything like that
4: okay i'm gonna use a bite attack on the thing
2: okay go ahead and roll an attack for me please
4: That's a nine to hit.
2: Yeah, that definitely does not hit. Does the mountain lion have more, more than one attack or just the one?
4: Uh, no, it has two, but it's both five to hit.
2: Right, so you get to roll another attack for that one as well.
4: <gasps> oh, okay. I didn't realize that. Yeah, That's a six. <laughs>
2: Uh, this thing, you go to bite it and you realize that biting this flesh probably isn't the best idea. And you pull back at the last second, uh, sort of glancing away. It probably would have tasted absolutely awful. Uh, and you're, as you do so, you kind of put yourself off balance and your claw misses. Uh, that's going to lead us back to seeks at 11. He looks ethereal to me. He looks ethereal to you.
5: Oh, nothing ventured, nothing gained. I'm going to attempt to punch him from 30 feet away. Go ahead. Uh, 16. That does manage to hit, yes. Does it pass through him? Do I feel like I
2: actually connected? You feel like you made connection.
5: Okay, then I will attempt to do damage. Okay. To nine damage.
2: Uh, You feel yourself connect. It definitely made an impact. He definitely reacts to it. Uh, Not as visceral as you would expect. He needs to make a constitution save. Yep. Which we are doing right now. Uh, He makes a 21, which I assume saves. Trying again. That hits. Sorry. <laughs> One G six. Like it. It's
5: five. He needs to make another Constitution save. He does not. He doesn't have to make it, or he doesn't make it.
2: No, he doesn't make it.
5: Okay, then he's stunned. Okay. It gives me advantage on the next three attacks because I'm going to spend my gut that was one, two, so I've got two more. I'm going to spend another key point to Flurry of Blows on him. Okay, go right ahead. 20. Yep, hits. Hits. 20. And hits. 25. Okay. That's six. Sorry, it's taking so long.
2: No, you're fine.
4: Combat with the bot, I find, is always a little bit tricky. Five yeah. more.
5: And 10 for the last one. All right.
2: Definitely looks like it made an impact. Uh, Again, not having quite the uh, power that you expected. You know how much power you put behind it. Uh, He definitely is impacted by it, uh, but it looks like almost like it's reduced in, in its power as it makes contact with his ethereal flesh.
5: He is stunned until the end of my next turn.
2: Yep. Unless the layer action does something to break him out of that, so let's see all right at ten layer action, the manor is going to try to absorb the stun. It does not, okay, which brings us to Liz your what does Lucille do seeing all this unfold before her?
5: You have advantage on attacks against him everybody does if they attack him yes not the heart just telling i'm just telling everyone that's what that stun does
0: Um, he does he
5: takes less damage than normal i don't know how much less
0: i'm going to shoot him with my musket and at first i still have detect magic up what do i see in here with that
2: Uh, it's almost blinding if you weren't prepared for it as you were coming down because you knew that there was that strong aura so you were sort of mentally prepared to filter it out Uh, he is glowing uh, just bright as the sun uh, except it's almost got like this tinge to it like these black swirls are going through his aura Uh, and as you look it, it appears as almost like he's connected to that heart uh, there's a flow between the two of them, and that that heart, as you look over at it, is dark as night. Uh, it, the best way I can put it is if you've, if you've seen the other world, the uh, other world, uh, in Bamsamdi's area, that's the type of magic you're feeling, that you're seeing, that sort of almost like grain out, like colors being drained away from the world around it, uh, and as you get that black swirls in the aura that are very clearly a touch of necromancy.
0: Okay, I'm going to not shoot him. Uh, I want to shoot at the heart, and okay. I'm going to cast. I'm going to cast branding smite, which the next time a creature with a weapon attack, the weapon gleams with astral radiance, and the attack does an extra two d six radiant damage.
2: Fantastic! I rolled hit.
0: That's an eleven.
2: That will miss.
0: Uh yeah, okay. I'm going to slide off bluebell and have bluebell go in and um, bluebell's going to try and hit Lord what's his name?
2: Uh, Lord Burkstaff, okay. Go ahead. Yeah. Make an attack roll for for Bluebell, please.
5: Bell has advantage.
2: Well, that's That's a hit. Roll some beautiful damage.
0: And seven damage.
2: All right. Uh, That brings us back to the top of the order. Uh, Actually, it's going to bring us to the final layer action, which it's going to do that off screen. Brings us to the level 20 layer action. It's going to try again to grab folks. And it grabs Lucille. And you need a nice to. Can I shield? Me... Uh, you can. Go right ahead.
0: Uh, shield puts me Brings up to, to
2: 2118. Yep. Uh, it still grabs you.
0: <laughs> Damn it.
2: I rolled a 19, so. Yep. Uh, I need you to make a strength saving throw, please. That's three. Uh, you are being dragged. You're roughly about 10 feet away from this thing now, from where you were. Which brings us to Drake's turn.
3: I'm going to brush myself off a little bit, stand up, and shoot an Eldritch Blast with both hands one at uh, the guy and one at the wall, the heart.
2: All right. Uh, roll to hit. I love Twin Cast. <laughs>
3: First one for the guy. That hits. For Lord Birchwood. And for the wall.
2: Also hits. All right. uh, Roll me some damage on Burkstaff, please. Six. Okay. And for the wall, please. Thirteen. Ooh, palpable. Uh, The heart sort of reacts, the mouth snaps shut. Uh, It did not like that at all. And you see, as it does so, that etherealness to Lord Bergstaff shatters. uh, And you hear almost like breaking glass uh, as the... It's almost like a shell around him sort of flakes away. uh, And he drops down to the ground. He's still alive, uh, still stunned, but... He is—he's uh, no longer protected. Which brings us to Anna. What is Violet to do?
4: As soon as he falls down, the mountain lion's head whips around, and she's she's gonna go bite his face off.
2: All right, go for it. He decidedly will probably taste better than the wall. Yeah.
5: Remember, I mean, you got advantage.
2: Thank
3: you. This is one time I'm glad I voted for the mountain lions eating people faces party.
5: it's
2: like that episode of
5: psych I saw this coming and I'm okay with it
4: no wait that's that's a 13 I forgot to add my strength
2: okay that'll hit and that was your bite you get a claw attack
4: uh yeah I got that too and that's a 22
2: okay both will hit roll me some beautiful damage
5: Okay. So it's
4: eight total.
2: Okay, that's actually not bad. Uh he's looking pretty chewed up. Uh he looks like he's starting to bleed from a number of uh cuts and wounds that he has received. Uh not quite dead, but not looking so great. Uh
4: I'm just chewing on a leg.
2: Yeah, tearing it around trying to do the Cats do the same thing that dogs do a little bit on that break here. They try to shake the 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 victim. That's what they're doing. Here. Trying to
5: break its neck. Yeah,
2: yeah. Uh, so
5: seeks, you're up. I will walk up into the room, so I'm on the other side of him from the mountain lion that's savaging him. Okay, and I'm going to make three attacks on him.
2: Go for it. Uh, it's still at advantage.
5: Definitely hits 17.
2: Your target's 13.
5: 24 on this next one, and 26 on the last one.
2: Uh, yeah, all three hit. Give me some beautiful damage.
4: Joe talks about damage the way Bob Ross talks about trees.
5: That's uh, (laughs) 25 total from those three attacks. Uh,
2: okay. Uh, so you get to tell me how you finish him because as you start crunching into him and laying in him, he didn't have a whole lot of hit points. He's just a mage. Uh, I
5: walk up like since, since we did it this way, I walk up to him as she's shaking him around and I, I look down upon him and say, you have made the choice to walk the path of error. And this is where it leads. And I crush his skull between my hands. I just break my two hands out and crush his skull between them.
2: As as you're doing this, as you're crushing his skull, because it's not instantaneous, it takes a couple of moments. There, there is absolute resistance here. Uh, he's laughing. He's not even struggling anymore. And he's, he's just, <laughs> it's too late. It doesn't matter. It doesn't <laughs> And crunch as you just completely collapse his, his head in on itself. As you do this, uh immediately upon his death, there's this rumbling as the entire manor starts to shake. Uh, and you see the etherealness start going back into that, that fleshy wall. The mouth opens up again, the, the the heart's there, and it's starting to uh almost like grow and lash out with even more tendrils. Uh, and there's a blinding light as everything starts to just disappear from your sights. All of you are sort of light sick at this point. You can't see what's going on. You can feel the rumbling. As your sight starts to return, you notice that there's the cool breeze of air, of wind. You can hear the crickets of the nighttime uh, and the the sort of animals of the owls and, and the coyotes howling clear as day. You open your eyes and you see that the manor is completely gone and you are in a crater where it was. There's no sign of Lord burkstaff or any of his victims. There's no sign of the heart. Uh, but as you look around and you step from this crater, pulling yourselves up, dusting yourselves off, tending to your wounds, you look over and you see silhouetted, the mountain starts to shake. And the top collapses in on itself And it starts billowing smoke as if it was a volcano about to erupt. You see people running from the hills, screaming. You see the the actual sheriff and the rest of his deputies riding off towards the mountain, something that they normally wouldn't do. You see a bunch of the farm and, and ranchers from closer to that area retreating back to the city as you have a clear view of everything. And that's where we're going to end our story. So I would like to thank everybody for coming along for this journey uh, in the murder house of Lord Burkstaff. I would like to thank all of our players for creating their wonderful characters. Uh, I think and coming on, I the...
5: have to say something. If that had been named that up front and we've been told, I don't think we would have come.
2: Yeah, it's true. Which is why I didn't <laughs> offer that up at front at, at, at first. It wasn't on the invitation at all. Um, I do want to make a special uh, thanks to 6,000 for making this month happen and allowing me to actually participate and run a few games for the party. I hope everybody has enjoyed it. Uh, and if you are like to see more content like this stuff, make sure that you are, are sticking around and, and uh, maybe think about considering donating to our Patreon. Uh, the more we get support in that, the more likely we can do things like this uh make sure you check us on twitter for future episodes as for rossi's D D spectacular in which we are having an amazing set of fun with uh and thank you thank you very much for your continued support anybody else want to say anything before we say goodbye
5: i had fun role-playing my weird monk <laughs> i actually did a lot more role-playing with him than i expected i would so i
0: had um, a lot of fun role-playing with you
2: I very thank you much Joe for running this. It's a oh. bunch of fun! You guys yeah. are very, very welcome. Um, so I do want to thank you all again for participating, and we will see you at the next time we uh, we get together.